and welcome to episode 198 of the F Reality podcast, your fortnightly fix of news from the world of virtual reality. We've got an interesting show lined up for you today as we're going to be talking about the return of Quill in Moss Book 2. We chat with our special guest, Max Weisel, about his latest VR sports archery game called Knock. We have a couple of PSVR 2 news snippets and a VR first-person shooter made using the Roblox VR engine. This is going to be super interesting. You need to stay around uh, to the end of the show for that one. Uh, really surprising. Rounding up this epic show, uh, Zim will be giving us his top picks of releases coming in the next couple of weeks. But for now, of course, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight from the past couple of weeks. Also, feel free to share what you've been playing in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. So first up, you need to keep your eye on this guy. He was once famously caught trying to steal an Oculus Quest prototype from PAX East in Boston. He's the original VR headset collector. It's, of course, Nathy. How you doing? This was a gag, by the way, because I don't want to... <laughs> now that all the companies are like, yeah, let's not work with this man anymore because he's stealing headsets. <laughs> we can't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought for a moment there. Um, I did. I did what I did. Try, you know, at PAX. It was staged, right? It was, it was staged. staged. It was like a security guard there, and then suddenly I thought, like, hey, what it would, would be funny if we because it was the quest wasn't out yet, but you could just see it in this big like display, and then just mm. asked the guard like, hey, you want to just like act like I'm gonna steal it? And it was like he found it really funny. He was even saying like, hey, if it's if it's done, just send it to me. I'm like, you're trying to do your job, and then imagine me like doing this funny thing, but then in the meanwhile, actually, someone tries to steal it. <laughs> but uh for some reason it was okay um but yeah no i did try amazing times you know back yeah in they the were good fun times days. that was a that was a few years ago now right and the funny thing is my memory of that was uh at pax was after the event they had rift s's and quest ones all stacked up on a cart and oh, yeah. uh it was very it was open and the thing is they hadn't even been released yet and we That's were just true. wanting to get our hands on them. There was a whole cart full of them there. And we we're like, please, just give us one. That was weird. I think, I think yeah. they, it was like, they like, it was like a list them, right? They list them and they had all the like they numbers of all the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we wouldn't have got away with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but what you been up to? Any any uh, cool highlights from the past couple of weeks? Um, well... Uh, I could say Elden Ring, but that that that's not really my uh, my my jam. I'm I'm too noob for that stuff. Um, <laughs> but you tried it then? No, I did not try it. No, it's I, I do watch people play okay. it though. I find that very oh, intriguing okay. uh, to see them fail. Um, mm. It's one of those games where it's like you know you you have to uh, like you have to fail a lot and then learn and then uh, progress basically. Uh, that's something some yeah. people are gonna like to throw their controls against the TV screen for that. But yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, definitely guilty. Um, but uh, but anyways, uh, like right now, the like the VR scene seems to be a li- little bit asleep <clears throat> in, in that sense, in terms of what's you know coming out. It's kind of chill. Um, it feels like every <laughs> it gets more chill around these times. I don't know. Maybe it's because mm. the hype gets bigger and the expectations are higher, uh, and 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 that's why it's hard to also then deliver all the time. Um, so I just I'm just completely like engulfed in like Rec Room. It's the only thing I'm playing right now. Um, it, it's amazing. I feel like I'm really a part of it now. At first I was like the outsider who just played it once or twice. Now it's like it's really like they feel like I'm 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 you know part of the community. And what I saw nice. on your Twitter was that you've gone gold, right, in terms of yeah selling items in. Yeah. Red yeah. room, which is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, so so the the I mentioned this a few times, right? That I made a gaming desk 
a virtual mm. one. Uh, and you, you can sell this in, in Rec Room. So you can make it yourself and then sell it. And um, yeah, I went gold. So there were like so many people who bought it that you get like a gold item. So there are a couple of different tiers of things you can get in Rec Room. You can get a golden hoodie. You can get golden glasses, a golden cape. And you can see by what someone is wearing, how much they made. I don't know why Rec Room mm. made this up. It's kind of like a weird flex. But you can see like, they're like, tw- like I'm, I'm not kidding. They're like like 12 year olds running around and you can see they made $50,000. Wow. Because they, they run around with a cape. Because you know the wow. cape is, and, and then of Wait, course it, the tax is Is it is non-transferable that, but, uh, then, this, this specialty cape? You can't sell it then? No, you, just... you can't. You can't. It's, it's... Next, next. Wow. In, the, uh, in, the, in the rec room rally, they're going to have like a Lamborghini there and you can only get it if you're like a boss, <laughs> yeah. boss tier creator in there. What a flex! Nice. There is, the, the, I think the 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 guy who sold the most items, he's gonna buy a Tesla soon of wreck tokens. Um, wow! Yeah. But maybe maybe he'll have the problem. A real where he, 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 a real, he's no, too no. young. Yeah, yeah. He won't be able to drive it for ten years. <laughs> yeah. so, so aside from minting it and making money in rec room, what what's like your favorite thing to do in there? Like, are you parkouring or like building um, stuff or what? So yeah, doing? so I I love parkour maps. Those are amazing. Um, yeah. They sometimes are so hard that people make skip buttons. So if you get frustrated, you have to buy a skip. And some people make money oh. with that. It's crazy. I usually just keep playing until I make it because every parkour is is finishable. Yeah. Um, but I also like to go to house parties. They're like That's every Friday, there are crazy parties. You have like 18 plus parties for, <laughs> well, you know, adults and stuff. You also have ones for 12 plus. plus. Yeah, yeah, no. And they kick you. Yeah. They, there's like even a guy there's at like the entrance. There's like seven people there. There's a guy <laughs> at the entrance who checks if you are, you know, you have to, Virtual like, you have Dorman. to say something what? with your voice to sound if you're. <laughs> and if you've got like a so you have like voice, a bunch of like 12 year olds going like, They just judge you yeah, based I'm, on your voice. I'm That's dope. hilarious. Yeah. Um, and, and besides also just hangouts where you just like, uh, hang around. Uh, I usually go to the McDonald's. It's one of the places I like to go. Um, yeah. uh, but the chicken it, nuggies are good in rec room. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hand drawn, hand drawn. They need to do it where you can like buy a pizza in rec room and it comes to your door. They can oh, totally yeah. do it. They could totally they, do it. Just could. partner with trade stream and bam, you can do that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But um, so so what we're doing right now is we're we're um, like three years ago they like Rec Room made an arcade for me and you could get like an item in it so when you then entered um, you would get like this arcade jacket. Um, right now we're completely overhauling this room because if a VR like you know when when you play a game a VR game from three years ago it's kind of outdated. Same with rooms there are like new systems mm-hmm. coming out, so the whole thing had to be recreated. It's taking a lot of work. Uh, but it's totally worth it because we can now, for example, play with like uh, more um, lighting and stuff. So the room looks better. We can add more new features in it. Uh, we added a shop so you can buy that gaming desk that I mentioned before in my arcade too. So there's a little spot there where you can go. Um, so that's something we have been doing. It takes a lot of time. Like you would think that maker pen stuff is something you can just do an hour. It takes like a long time, like four or five hours. You did a really small thing. Um, wow. but this is great to get cool. feedback wow. in return and people saying like, wow, you know, this updated room looks amazing. Um, yeah. but the thing that I, I think my highlight of this week, what happened is, so I was in my arcade and there are moderators in rec room that are like volunteers. So I could become a, a volunteer moderator, you guys, depending on your status in rec room. But there was a guy in it, uh, in it who was deaf and was a moderator in it. Oh. And then I was like, how, how do you moderate then? Mm. 
At first, I didn't want to ask because there's maybe maybe it's a bit you know. Yeah. But uh, he was he was fine with it in the end. Um, but it was interesting. So he had someone with him who checks people and then sends it through. And I was also like, uh, how do you do it with like because hand tracking is still not really a thing. Yeah, he was like really like hand tracking needs to be in every game because this guy was using the chat feature in Rec Room. But I found it very intriguing. I was like, I've Mm. never really met someone. He also had it in his name so people could see it. But you saw a lot of people who he chatted to who just answered in voice because they just don't think about how that goes, right? Even I did Mm. it at the start. It was like, nice room. I was like, thanks. I was like, oh, wait, I need to first type it, right? But yeah, I found that very interesting that not only someone is playing at deaf, but then also being a moderator doing like something that is usually about people trolling saying bad stuff and things without mm, like any you can't read any you know can't lip read yeah and it kind of reminds me of when um it was years ago we talked about this but there was a couple using big screen um having a remote relationship and they were using they were both deaf and they were using sign language in big screen to communicate with each other even though it was kind of rudimentary um and yeah i'd imagine like the deaf community are really like waiting for hand tracking tech to become like viable um, yeah. For them to communicate effectively is, using hand, like sign language, essentially. Is that is that API already available to developers for the hands to come yeah. into the game? Like, is that I think it is, right? <coughs> yeah, Black, yeah. Black, next year. They give you full access to it. Yeah, right. Great. Okay, so so yeah. they could implement that if they if it was in their pipeline. Good. They should. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think it's like like that hand tracking has been like a you know a huge requested feature of a big screen for forever because if you're sitting there watching a movie like what's the why do you need to hold a controller you know you sh- it should all just yeah. be uh, intuitive hand tracking UI. M- right? Must be a design thing for Rec Room though, right? Because everyone's r- walking around with these like blocky hands and all of a sudden you know here's Nathy <laughs> with like all five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> for Rec Room, I totally understand because there's so many games involved and games require you know. Um, triggers and and thumbsticks but um no it's really interesting uh yeah. Nathie. so you're kind of spending a lot of time in rec room at the moment yeah 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 and uh, i i think I'm, cool. like i'm right now i have time to do it it's it's gonna be yeah. kind of sad to leave it when things are you know when uh, let's say psvr2 comes around and things like that but i'm like let me just invest into something else in youtube right now i feel like it doesn't really there's not much going on and i don't want to force mm-hmm. myself doing things that i don't enjoy you know so yeah, totally. No, I, I totally feel the same way about that. So, yeah, I think we're all kind of taking it uh, a little bit easy at the moment. Okay, cool. So uh, next up, this guy loves to break the boundaries of VR and take a little peek behind the curtains, always on the hunt for those elusive hidden gerbils. <laughs> it's the one. It's the one and only. It's the rowdy guy. How you doing, dude? You all right? I'm. I'm doing great. I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, th- we've had our first uh, real day of spring here as well. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know if Zim had like a little bit of sunshine, but, uh, yeah, we did. you know, the temperature has gone up. Uh, today is a bit worse, but uh, it's been nice to see the, s- the snow slowly disappearing and to see, you know, spring is just around the corner. I know it won't last very long because spring typically doesn't really. Uh, so we'll be uh, in, in hot weather soon, I, I expect. But uh, no, I've been doing great. I've been working a lot this week. You know, there's there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I've had... Um, uh, since like like Nathy said as well, like I haven't played that much VR this week, but I have played another game which I which I touched on last episode a little bit. I didn't want to give it away yet because I didn't I didn't know yet if it was really worth my time because it's something that I I typically don't play that much. Uh, it was um, a, a flat game that I played uh, with a couple of friends called uh, Divinity Original Sin. 
Uh, oh, two. Classic. Uh, so it's, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know, have you played mm. the second one? I've played it, Ever? but I didn't get into it. So I yeah, started so, it, but I didn't like invest yeah, a lot exactly. of time Exactly. So, so I, I'm the same because I, I also, I, I never get into these kind of games because they take up so much of your time. But since I found like a couple of friends who also, you know, you know, were willing to like spend some time on it, you know, you get like that kind of motivator from other people. And uh, mm. yeah, we, we just dove in there and holy man, that's a great game. Like mm. uh, it's 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 one of probably one of the best games I've ever played, uh, just in general, uh, just because it's so much fun. And that again makes me think, like you know, it would be awesome to see this, for example, being uh, exported to like virtual reality, like we had with with Damio. But mm. then, like the, just the scale of that uh, of that game is is enormous, and mm. uh, it, it would really be neat to see um, a game like that, which is it's it's kind of like a Dungeon and Dragons type of game. Uh, very similar to what you have with Demio. It's only not only in a dungeon, but it's like you know, it's it's a large and open world with a with a storyline that is woven through it. Um, you have a lot of different classes, and you can play the game literally like a like a like a board game D and D for the people who are interested in that mm. or, or who do that regularly. Uh, but yeah, like things like that make me crave for games like that in virtual reality for yeah. sure. Yeah, like an isometric view from above. Uh, yes. XCOM style strategy game, yes. you know, yeah. ever since, yeah. uh, what was it, Coatsync released, uh, I think it was Augmented Empire on mm -hmm. uh, the Gear VR, yes. and then it was later ported to Oculus Go. We haven't had a, like a, a tactical no, game like that a, in VR. I, I know I know you like XCOM a lot, and, yeah, I, do, and yeah. I like it as, as well, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like strategy games in general. I've played like, you know, almost all of them, I think, uh, that ever came to PC. I'm a huge fan of that, and it's a genre that I think <coughs> that we don't see that often in virtual reality, and uh, yeah, it's it's a shame because even the turn-based stuff, like in, in Divinity: Original Sin, is it's so much fun to do because you need to think about your plans and and Demio does a great job as, at that at that as well. Mm. Uh, but it would be nice to see more titles like exploring this particular genre. Like we we yeah. did had like a certain time where they were pushing it more. You had like Brass Tactics, and then you also had another game from yes. Vertigo. They made also <coughs> something I forgot the name, but you all had like these you know top-down games, these strategy ones mm. that just oh, came out. About, like, Land, landfall, yeah, landfall. The, the twin stick shooter, yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. There was another yeah, one. Well, they were though, kind the, of PC. I suppose it's kind of... different, right? Uh, it was the one where you were going around. It was like almost a donut shaped level. Uh, I think and it was, so. Sky yeah, it was like it was fall? sky. Yeah, something sky, sky dome, dome. I don't know, something like oh, that. It's old though. Sky world, yeah. sky world. Yeah, maybe it was sky world. But yeah, that's interesting. But I feel like Quest doesn't really lend itself for those kinds of games because then you want more clarity, you want better mm. visuals and stuff. And maybe PlayStation yeah. could kind of pull that off here, you know? Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. But yeah, Divinity Original Sin, really cool game. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Picking up a classic right. there. I take it, it was in yeah. the sale, Rowdy. Uh, I, I picked it up in this. That's why she I didn't get the sale. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cyberpunk, yeah. of course. Yeah. Is. We, we, we all know. We all know it's in the sale. I'm a uh, okay, <laughs> so uh, next up, this guy's got a new addition to his already massive family. Congratulations are in order, as he's now the proud father of his very own little questie. Oh. It's the legendary VR streamer, <laughs> Zimtok5. Wait, 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 wait. Like, Zim's face was like, wait, did I, did I get another child? Yeah, I, I, was, like, yeah, I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> I was, like, I was like, no, no, you're confusing me with somebody else here. Uh, anyway, was, your uh, new son. Is this your new son? So your new son is called Questy. Questy. Oh, God. Show, yeah. show him. Show us, show us the baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> one second. I have him up here. 
Oh, yeah, he's, there he uh, is. There we go. He's beautiful. Aww. I don't know. He... I have to replace my face because otherwise you're not going to see it with these. That's true. Uh, the legs. Does it? Does it have any hubbies? Uh, falling off of my shoulder into a boiling pit of lava. I think. I, I don't okay. know. It's 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 like that sickly cute where you like you just want to throw it into a pot and boil it. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, I'm just glad my kids haven't gotten it because they would have pulled the legs off of it already. Like they're... yeah, or, or the dog. The dog uh, gets hold of it. My dog is gone. not a chewer, thankfully. Like I'm so glad. She's not a chewer. Uh, I'm not going to continue that statement, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is something else. Um, and and uh, it's been a fun week. Like I've, I've done in these two weeks, I've done so many different titles. Um, and we were catching up a little bit before the show because I, I try to keep it limited so that I only bring you the good stuff or the really bad stuff. So um, I'll give you some good stuff. So first off, uh, congratulations are in order. I finally beat Cosmodred, and that felt great. Oh, well done. Wow. I, I probably put 30, 40 hours into that trying to beat it. Wow. And I was struggling a bit. I learned like in like in a big play space, uh, one of the biggest problems I've been having, uh, because the walls are like light blue, the carpet is white, ceiling is white, and the ceiling lights are quite bright. I think the top two cameras are getting like blown out on the quest. Mm-hmm. So it loses tracking problems. And when you have that in the middle of like some kind of enemy battle, bad news. And for whatever reason, um, the, my quest has been quite unstable. Like Cosmodread has been crashing like a lot. And not just Cosmodread, a bunch of other apps are crashing as well. So I might need to do a factory reset seeing as I've you know, filled it, its storage three times over. So um, I don't know, something's going up with that. Uh, but the other thing that I wanted to mention that I came across shortly after our last show, which I absolutely loved and have gotten into now is, um, I'll try to pronounce this in two ways. Either Les Mills body combat or Les Mills body combat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys know I like I like I like these kinds of kind of exercise the apps and stuff like that. But the thing that caught me out, which I was not expecting at all, is to really like the like dynamic energetic instructors uh, that are in this game. Like what happens is you're doing stuff like whether you're doing really well or very poorly, the instructors are playing off of that the whole time. And they've got recorded dialogue, little, must be snippets, but it sounds really well blended, almost like when you're going through Half-Life Alex, and, you know, the, the, the voice line is, like, matching what you're doing. Like, to the point where, if you remember O-Shape, where you, like, if you go, it's from the same creators, right? So, if you, if you put your body in front of a shape that's coming at you, one of the instructors is like, oh, yeah, I like dancing with my shadow, too. You know, there's, like, the moment you do it. So, there's no waiting yeah. or whatever. It feels totally fluid. And you end up feeling like you've got... Not an annoying coach, but like one with a little bit of charisma. Like you, you hate them because they're kicking your ass in the way a real coach does in a gym. I mean, I know this from very limited experience, but I have had some <laughs> some in gym experience with uh, with coaches, and I kind of I like them. You know, I, I I it makes me want to go back. It makes you feel like you got a friend in the game, like to some totally. extent. And then and then there's one move in that where like you're like not just uppercuts and stuff like that, but you're like smashing down like you would with a hammer. And it just feels so good, especially when they're kicking your ass and having you do it like repetitive over and over and again. So, yeah, I would recommend that. I mean, it's it's what I wanted Box VR to be long term, but fell off a cliff because they got money grubbing hungry for, you know, subscription. Wait, so so, Mike, you were running this whole like fitness program in that (laughs) game, right? Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, I I, so I I stopped doing that. Like I, I, I do need to get back into it. I did stop doing it, so I need to be more consistent and get into it. But I do agree with what uh, Zim is saying in that the trainers in it 
on annoying. Whereas I remember playing the small demo of Supernatural, for example, and oh. the, the the trainers were just super cringe. cringe Whereas yeah. these these guys, it feels way more natural and way more fun. Um, so yeah, hats off to Les Mill team uh, for for making that work that way. But yeah. yeah, great workout in VR. Like I did use it for a while. Um, but yeah, I've dropped off a little bit. I have Take to my admit, bottom. So. I went into, I was stupid. I went into like a 20 minute session straight off the bat and it was not a lightweight session. Oh, no, like no. it yeah. just it kicks your ass pretty hard. So if you are looking you're for struggle. that. Yeah, but downstairs it was a day. fun struggle. You, like we both did um, black box VR, which is in like, yeah, was in two locations. You couldn't do it anywhere else. It was like this weird MOBA and you were strapping on a Vive or a Vive Pro with this big heavy weight machine and it was a, it was a fun struggle like i could if it wasn't a pain in the ass to get to the gym i would actually have done that so if you haven't ever seen that just look it up it's actually there in san francisco max could you pop pop along <laughs> if they're still yes, open I, I assume they uh went bankrupt between uh between the last two years but um yeah but it's fun and, and there's not that many things that like you know are fun are well put together have great music i found the music to be great as well so um yeah and yeah, check, it, no check it out if you're looking for one because these don't come along that often uh, and, no and you just buy it and, and you're done yeah no subscription whereas with supernatural you pay a monthly fee which i still think is ridiculous yeah. uh for oh. for the stage we're at in vr right now but anyway i digress so yeah good recommendation there lame is lame miserable <laughs> that's what arcanian's <laughs> saying in the chat miserable. <laughs> yeah nice one dude um so let me introduce you to our special special guest uh, joining us today the founder of normal vr and the creator of knock it's max uh, weisel welcome to the show dude uh any highlights uh, you've got that you might want to share with us any stuff that you found interesting recently Man, I, uh, I mean, as, as a developer, I feel like I don't get that much time to play VR outside of work, but this app I tried, I mean, I can't tell if it's like a hidden gem or if everyone just already knows about this and I'm late to the party, but T for God, I played that on App Lab and it was unbelievably good. And especially there's like a moment where, you know, first I almost didn't trust it. I was like, I'm going to bump into something in my room. But after you get through a, just just far enough that that kind of just disappears and you you just are completely immersed in it, it was amazing. I uh, that just even like in the early days of VR, I remember a lot of people trying to do redirected walking, and I, I never really tried a, a demo that felt good or that really uh, felt immersive. And yeah, T for God just nailed it. It was it was so good. It's there so funny you say that because we, we talk about it regularly on the show and I think it was really? Zim's highlight on the last show. <laughs> last show yeah. I went all about it because <laughs> since moving to Canada I got a massive basement and it is, it's like 8 meters by 12 meters. Huge space. And oh, amazing. I can max out the cell size in T for God and as you say, it's like I couldn't tell you which direction I was pointing. You know, and, and to do that for like an hour and a half, especially if you've got headphones and you're totally in it, I never once walked mm. into a wall. But... I will, I will raise this one little point. This is a bit of a dark uh, future for us, I suppose, but someone, someone raised to me over Twitter. They're like, you know, at some point, it's going to get good enough that these guardian systems, you're trusting them. And someone's going to do a remote kill on somebody someday. Like, you just walk through a glass panel by hacking your headset. And I thought about that. And I was like, oh, no. it's okay. It's worth the risk. Oh, no. It's worth the risk. Go <laughs> yeah. play it anyway. But yeah, it's yeah. so good. It feels like holiday. Like, it's great. Getting behind the wheel of a car or something, you know. Yeah, it's like one of these auto-driving cars. Exactly. It's the same deal. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Looking forward to digging into, uh, a bit about normal VR and, and knock a, a little bit later on in the show, but yeah, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike host of the show, but let's dive in and see what the chat have been up to uh, over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. So we, we have, uh, Shaggy, Shaggy from, uh, you know what? 
who played a lot of Knock this week, and also Fox Machine. And uh, then we have DJ Cat who played a Far Cry VR. Yes, that is also a thing. Almost forgot about that at Meat Space VR in Nottingham. Mm. It should be location based uh, only, right? It is location based. Yeah, yeah. Ah. I think you can play it with like. I think it was like six or eight people at the same time if you want to. So mm-hmm. it's a group thing too. Mm. Um, then we have Hussein who has been playing a lot of After the Fall and some Population 1 because Population 1 just got a new uh, new update. Um, Reese the King has been playing Knock. Hey, what a surprise. I don't know that guy. I've been playing <laughs> with that guy a lot actually. Um, and then we have Space uh, Denise who has been uh, jumping into Elden Ring. And last but not least, Paradise DK, our uh, favorite mod of the show, has been uh, jumping into Space Walkers, which Mike recommended last time. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. I yes. did that, actually. That was quite... And what, uh, yeah, it's, what it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's worth, mm. it's worth tracking down and watching. That's all. I'll just yeah. leave it at that, you know. Yeah. Being out and seeing a spacewalk is is really impressive. Like, even if it wasn't in VR, it'd be impressive. But the fact that it's in VR is even more impressive. It gives you a much better feeling for what it's like yeah. to be up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, looking down at totally. Earth, it gives you that volumetric feeling of, like... Ah, yeah. right. This is what it feels like. And I just know Long that time. I would never do that. Like, even if no. Elon Musk that came to me today and said, look, dude, you want a free ticket to space? I'd be like, yeah. dude, no. <laughs> Take it somewhere else. I'm not interested. I hate flying, so there's no way you'd get me in space. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, I've got a few things. Um, so I've been playing a ton of Elden Ring. Like, everyone has been playing Elden Ring. I've been getting so into Elden Ring. I'm like 50 hours into it now. It's totally brilliant. I normally hate these kind of Soulsborne type games, but... This has just totally gripped me. Absolutely love it. It's kind of like, I kind of like say it's like uh, Breath of the Wild on steroids. That's what it's like as a game. It's, it's, so it's, it's awesome. You would I, totally love it, Zim. That's so weird. Totally I've been playing it. Breath of the Wild because my wife hated it on, on Switch. And so I'm like trying to like pay it off by playing it on Switch, which is so yeah. weird. <laughs> but uh, I'm, so, I'm getting that feeling. So like, I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to try it. I won't try it this so, year, though, probably. So good. Year. Uh, also been playing GT7 more, uh, so much so in fact that I bought a steering wheel for it and went all out crazy, um, wow. bought like a, wow. a Fanatec, uh, oh, you got a Fanatec direct drive. Wheel? Yeah, it it's hasn't arrived yet. Uh, that's going to be a while, that's months. Like. They, they come from Germany, I think, oh, so, don't so, they? So. Yeah. so I would love to hear a little bit more about that because you already spoke about this last show, you know, about uh, Gran Turismo. But yeah. I, I, I'm just very curious to like, how do you imagine this being on a PlayStation VR two with the haptics and with the sounds and with the with the yeah, just that whole well, pack of like epic immersive stuff. I kind of already imagine what it's like having played like a Seto with a, a wheel set up. You know, it's very immersive. You know, okay. but I think GT has kind of got that accessibility down, and with the console based driving sim you're not going to be having to mess around with settings all the time and you know you're just going to be able to plug the wheel in it's going to recognize it straight away and i think that's the thing with a lot of sim stuff on pc you need to go into it knowing that you're going to invest a lot of time in the setup process whereas that's why although i've enjoyed those the experiences in the past i put the steering wheel away and then the the kind of thought about setting it all back up again just destroys any sort of dream of of doing it whereas with with gt7 I know it's going to be plug and play. It's going to be very easy to get back into it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm planning to set it up, up here in the office, but because I don't have a, a TV for the, the PS5 up here, I'm actually planning to play it with a virtual desktop and running the PS5 stream through my PC uh, with an Elgato capture card. So I'll let you know 
when I'm back on the show, how that experience uh, There's just goes. one thing I don't understand. So you're saying that it's too much effort to take out the driving wheel and everything, so you just ordered a new one? Or <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I really liked it. I, was, I, was, I got sucked into it. I was watching reviews on YouTube between the new... Um, okay. Because the thing is, the, okay. the wheel I've got here is for Xbox and PC. It's not compatible with PlayStation. Ah, I see, so, I see. So that's yeah, why. Yeah. I was going to either... It was going to be the, either the new Thrustmaster or the, the, the Fanatec. They're both similar prices, but the Fanatec uh, edged it in the reviews. So Fanatec, the, the build quality on Fanatec is crazy. Yeah, they look great. It's really good. I, I, I use them over at John's. So if you want any tips about that, Hibbins has a few so, wheels. Yeah. So is that is that just a wheel or is that with like, you know, the poke and like the pedals and you have an entire setup like that now? Or? Uh, it, it's just wheels and pedals. Um, no, the, the, the no gear stick and, and the clutch yeah. pedal is extra. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and you also, need to, you like also need to pay extra for uh, an uprated power supply so you have stronger force feedback. So as a base model, it comes with five Newton meters force feedback, whereas if Whoa. you buy the upgraded power supply, you get eight Newton meters. So of course, I had to go for that one. But I'll, I'll let you know how that how experiment goes. Nerd, right? Yeah, exactly. They'll come on the show with two broken wrists is what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah, be like, exactly. so it's so worth it, lads. Um, but the but the real thing the, the VR thing I want to highlight because here's a VR podcast after all is um, after the fall uh, because uh, a few of us in the UK got invited to an after the fall event which was hosted by Vertigo Games in London and they hosted it at um, DNA VR which is like a VR arcade in uh, Battersea is right next to like Battersea Power Station which is a really cool area actually um, so a bunch of us was there um, it's funny as I was walking from the, the the train station I bumped into Paradise Decay who obviously mods our streams regularly and is like you know a huge part of the community and and uh, Doc, Dr. Oculus, they were kind of lost walking around and I went up to approach him <laughs> and Paradise Decay thought I was going to mug him or something. <laughs> but I actually just went, in, I just went and just gave him a big hug. Um, so yeah, it was great to see those guys. Uh, Got like Anna an elbow Re in your face. Yeah. Uh, Anna Ribeiro was there, obviously the creator of Pixel Ripped. Uh, so it was great to see her. It's been a couple of years since I've seen her. Uh, GT, Beardo Benjo, uh, and yeah, the uh, the Vertigo team were there as well. They were kind of showing, they were showing off some new tracks for Unplugged, which is the hand tracking kind of Guitar Hero game, and they were also showing off the new Harvest run for After the Fall called Boulevard. Uh, it's kind of like a, a mix of indoor and outdoor sections. You've got this really cool section where you're inside a cinema, sort of fighting it out, uh, which is really cool. Um, they also showed off a new LMG weapon, uh, which has this really epic manual reloading mechanic where you have to kind of open the top load in the load in the bullets put the top down slide the rack and then you're ready to go so uh packs loads of bullets though so you you know you're not reloading all the time so that was a really cool weapon uh unfortunately the same boss fight at the end that's the only real sort of disappointment for me they haven't mm -hmm. introduced any new bosses yet hopefully they add sort of like a selection of bosses in the future which kind of rotate randomly so you don't know which you're going to face off with uh, when you get to the end of the level but um yeah really cool event it's kind of like events like this that really sort of energize me you know meeting up with people and just chatting about vr and jamie from upload was there and it's the first time i've got to meet him in real life so we got to chat as well so yeah it was it was a really great experience i love the vr community i love hanging out with them and chatting vr so uh, that was a really great experience if you, if you could do that every second week like that's that that would be the right balance for me you know like one yeah. week of like standard working and then one week of just you know, hanging out with VR <laughs> VR community, that that would be right. It, it, yeah, like it, it used to be like all summer. It's like, oh, Mike, see you in Germany. Hey, Mike, see you in the UK. Oh, Mike, see you in America. I was like, hey, Mike here, Mike there. 
Mike, everywhere. <laughs> and everywhere I went, he would touch my head. That's, that's, that's true. That's fact. Yeah, I, I, I would it's almost like I'm a lucky egg or something. He, yeah, you he are rubs lucky. my head. lucky charm, Mike. Yeah. That's why he wears that's, the hat. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what yeah, I've been up to. Um, so I think I think the LNG and the new Harvest Run will be coming to After the Fall in like the next couple of weeks. So Good. keep your eyes peeled on that if you're uh, still enjoying that game. Um, we don't have a sponsor on this show, but I do have a little shout out that I want to give, and that is to Matt uh, from the Quest YouTube channel, BMF. Uh, as his family welcomed a new addition uh, today as his daughter Sadie was born. So I just wanted to wish him congratulations to him and the family, and I hope they're all doing well. So, yeah. You've got your work cut out of you, cut out for you for the next few months. Yeah, time uh, for a third now, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Matt. So let's uh, dig into the news then. First bit of news I want to talk about is that VR's most adorable character, and that's little Quill, the adorable little mouse from Moss, is making a return uh, as Polyarch's sequel, Moss Book Two, is coming in a couple of weeks' time. So mm. not that long to wait. At fa- in fact, um, if you're not familiar with the game which would be understandable because it came out a long, long time ago originally. It has been quest, uh, ported to other platforms since, but it originally launched way back in, in February of 2018. And back then when it launched, it was like a PSVR exclusive title. Um, and it was actually this game, Moss, that got me into PSVR because I didn't have a PSVR and I saw all the videos and we were talking about it on the podcast. We were even running the podcast way back then. And I what, remember we, talking we to Nathan. Yeah. I remember talking to Nathie about it and was saying, like, I'm so looking forward to this game. And he was like, you don't have a PSVR. I didn't have a PlayStation either. And then we went to an event, I think it was VidCon in Amsterdam, and Nathie actually gifted me a PSVR headset because he had, like, a spare one. We had some spare lying around (laughs) somehow. Um, So I went and bought a PS4, and that was the first game I ever played on the PSVR was was Moss. So it's kind of got, like, a special place in my heart in that that way. Um, But anyone that's played Moss, you know, you you instantly fall in love with with Quill and the world of Moss. It's, you know, rich in detail. Uh, You've got this dynamic with Quill that, you know, if you if you if you hold her um, in your hand, you can actually feel her tiny heartbeat through the controllers. And it's little touches like this that Polyarch did that that made it really like a memorable experience. And I think in my eyes, it's kind of like up there with the best VR platformers right alongside Astrobot Rescue's mission. Mm. You know, it's, it's a really great uh, platform experience. experience. What I always found very interesting about this title is that you don't play as Quill, right? Yeah, that's right. Because you, you're your own character in that yeah. specific world, right? Yeah. Uh, you're like a, yeah. a guardian or something like that. Like an and overseer. You, you yeah. play with Quill. That's uh, right. Which is kind of kind of cool. I think yeah. a lot of people forget that that's actually a thing because this this, yeah, this yeah. ghost guardian thing doesn't really have like you don't know much about it, but you are playing it. But I always thought yeah. it was amazing that you could just like manipulate the world itself too as the mm-hmm. character. So you could control mm-hmm. yeah. Quill, but then also switch to yourself and be like, okay, that block needs to go over there. I'll just move this over there so she can jump to the next part of the you know level. Yeah, and I th- and yeah. it's a good, like good brawling game too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. it's not yeah, just it's a, like a like you say cute, but it's also like a really you know badass uh, game to play. Yeah, it's like if you gave so, uh, if you if you gave Lucky from Lucky's Tale a sword, you know, and, well, and set him yeah. about the land. Yeah, slice yeah. things up. Yeah, and and you know now's the time to go back and play it if you haven't already. Um, but like I said, it was originally a PSVR title. It then came to Steam, and then later came to Quest in 2019. Uh, since then, we've all kind of just been waiting patiently for this like second book to arrive uh, because it kind of ended a little bit on a cliffhanger. Uh, but like I said, it's going to come. It was fairly short. It was fairly short. How yeah. long was it? Yeah. Again? yeah, like a few hours. Good few, few hours. hours. Yeah. 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 Um, 
But yeah, so this new game, uh, Moss Book 2, is coming out on the 31st of March. Just like the original, though, it's only going to be launching on PSVR with DualShock 4 controller support. Um, so no mention yet of like a Quest port or PC or even PSVR 2. Um, I was actually invited as part of like a like a press preview event, which they had online where you got to see the game in action. And I think hopefully we're showing you some of the footage from that event now. Uh, it was kind of like pre-recorded gameplay that the developers were talking about and showing us some of the new mechanics in the game. Um, they did say that the new chapter will continue where the adventure left off from the original. So they did say, although it wasn't required, it's probably best enjoyed having played the original because it literally does directly follow on. Um, and they say that it will be several hours bigger than the original game. It will have more interaction, it will feature more puzzles, more traversal, and bigger enemy encounters. Um, and as from the footage, it was very similar to the original game, but I love how Quill is animated. The animation on Quill is just like top-notch. It's almost like Pixar-level quality, and it yeah, really sort of brings exactly. this little character to life. Um, but some of the new things we got to see in this new gameplay uh, that you, you know you might see in some of the footage, and if you're an audio listener, sorry, but yeah, go and check out the footage. It's worth checking out. Uh, you see Quill uh, is able to pick up a, a new weapon in, in the form of a heavy hammer, uh, which kind of has a dual ability in that Quill holds this hammer and can do damage with it, but also you as the overseer, the guardian, can take control of like a spirit version of this hammer and interact with the environment, and particularly where you've got enemies that are like wearing armor, you as the overseer can knock the armor off, which then allows Quill to, to finish that enemy off. So, you know, like you're kind of working together through this adventure. And I think that's the, a bit of a theme in this new game is that they yeah. want to really leverage the mm. the fact that you're on this journey together as, as a team rather than just playing as Quill. So, so it almost feels like you're doing something at the same time. So Quill is doing exactly. her own thing and then you can, yeah, I see. And you're controlling both of these things at the same yeah. time, of course. Um, but yeah, so that's the new hammer. They also hinted that there'll, there'll be other weapons in the game and that you'll have to use certain weapons in certain areas, a bit like kind of a Metroidvania type game. Um, another new gameplay feature is that the player is able to grab vines from the world and kind of build connecting bridges and also make climbable walls for Quill to navigate the environment, which is something we didn't see in the original game. But again, mm -hmm. is just adding that another level of interactivity with the world as, as you as the kind of like overseer, the guardian player. Um, I did ask them if they had any benefits of playing the game on PS5 as opposed to playing on the original PS4 because as we know, this is just for the original PSVR. So they, they kind of said that the game will look slightly better and it will load faster on PS5 compared to PS4. Um, but that's the only difference right now. But you, were, like the, you didn't ask about the haptics or the, the new controllers, how they kind of, you know? Well, that's the thing. They they didn't even say that it was coming to PSVR 2. They wouldn't oh, acknowledge yeah. the fact that it's coming <laughs> it to the, coming We all know. Of course it is. Of course it is coming to PSVR 2. But, you know, they don't want to talk about that right oh, now I because, you know, they can't. Yeah, I get it. Uh, for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, no doubt they're working on yeah. PSVR 2 integration. And also it's likely going to come to... To, to PC and Quest, just like the original did as well. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of Quest players are excited for this one, but well, do how you, do you do guys you feel about the fact that it's just coming to PSVR 1? Because I think it's quite an unusual move. Yeah. Well, but the I guess they makes, don't have much choice. I think the reason why it's coming out so they can then, uh, when it comes to PSVR 2, they can just roll through the next, uh, you know, the next gen. That's why they're doing it. But yeah, be, like outside of that, if you're on a different platform, this might feel like really random. You know, well, I mean, in in a way, this kind of exclusivity allows them to produce these kind of titles, right? I mean, it's not like uh, they probably get a 
a lump sum of money in order to develop this uh, if they are exclusive to a certain platform. And like you said, it's probably like a timed exclusive so that it's eventually still going to come to... With that, I have less of a problem. I think that if it's like an exclusive to a platform, that is more of a problem with me. And of course, we don't know yet if this is indeed the case going to be like a timed, a timed ex exclusive. Uh, but I ex I expect that, uh, considering that the previous game was released on Quest and, and I believe PC as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm the exclusivity window for the original wasn't that long from what I remember. Yeah. So, Six months or something. And yeah, a, I, lot I, of, uh, a lot of publishers, that, or a lot of the, the hardware companies that are acting as publishers are doing, um, they're switching just to SimShip as a requirement. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're saying, hey, you know, you can you can ship on PlayStation, but it's got to at least be the first uh, the first console that you ship on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if they if they if I'm sure if they were going to hold it for PSVR two, it means that they couldn't ship it anywhere else before then. Yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I, I don't really have sense. a problem with that because it it allows them probably to deliver more quality titles. Um, at least as I, I think. I mean, I'm not a developer, so I don't know, but I can assume that uh, if they if they agree with a timed exclusive they get something returned for that as well yeah but i think as well like we, we've seen this with fract as well from end dreams you know it was uh you know we were excited for it because we just want to play more vr games regardless of the platform because we we all of us own them all um but i just wonder if you know this is going to be enticing enough for people that have like put their headset in the cupboard and they've kind of forgotten about yeah. psvr until they're waiting for the next gen headset if they're going to bring this out of the cupboard to set it all back up again to to, to play this uh, in the meantime or they're just going to say well do you know what this is great that it's coming i love moss but i'm going to wait to play this on psvr too when they're likely going to have more features and you know take advantage of the headsets new specs, like, like eye tracking and haptics and stuff this really feels like a need to me that polyarch kind of got caught between probably a you know a multi-year program release schedule of psvr 2 and they got stuck in a position where I've got to release. I've got to make some money back. You know, because most games have a curve to them. And in order to keep a studio alive, you've got to get money in the front door every every period, you know, of game development. So even if it isn't their, uh, the most adv adv advantageous kind of release strategy, I suspect that's the reason why. It's something more mm -hmm. to do with the delay of the <coughs> eventual launch of PSVR 2 as to why they yeah. wouldn't hold out and wait any longer than it's, this. It's just, yeah, it's just interesting to see if, if, if it hurts to, you know, bring out a PlayStation VR uh, game before the new next gen, or that you could better just wait and then suddenly launch it because there is more. Then it's like, whoa, Moss 2 is coming, you know, to this new... I just wonder, uh, could you re-release it and get the hype going again? That's kind of what, I, what I'm what i curious about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you won't have the same splash, but we have seen successful... Uh, replatforming, you know, but I mean, you're in the same ecosystem, but still, they could do something. The, I mean, well, a lot of games I, I do anniversary updates, or you know, do it, well, give, do a patch and then repackage it just to relaunch on the store. So you, you I, do, do I do think like Moss got bundled with the PlayStation VR before, right? There was like, a bundle. I think it was part of a bundle at one point. Yeah, so yeah, that's also something they could do, where you know, when you buy a new one, like it comes with the package. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. There what about one... you guys? Do you think you'll be digging out the old PSVR or do you think you're going to hold off and wait to play it on the new headset or other platforms? I'm going to have to buy a new one first. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in the same position, right? So I need to get a PS5 before. So, yeah. What about you? Know, they're still not easily available. I have been looking. I've been peeking around, but it's about it's about a yeah. thousand Canadian dollars to pick up a 
you know, a scalper uh, console. And I'd like to buy it when the stock is back up. So I'm just kind of waiting. Mm. That's what I'm doing. Just, you know, buy it at RRP. One thing I wanted and to it's... say from that video, though, that is um, there's a really cool looking new enemy, um, a bomber that's like a siege tank from StarCraft that like sets up as heavy armor at the front and then fires off units in. And so for people who are looking up the kind of the video, um, that one stood out to me as like really neat because... The characters in the first game got a little bit samey as you were playing through it, but I'm glad to see that they're bringing back kind of some really, really nifty new enemies in this. And the environments look fantastic. As you said, the, the animations of Quill itself, even the little snippets I've seen, amazing. Mm. Like the weight of that hammer mm. and stuff like, like the the nuance there, the detailed nuance is perfect. So it's yeah. really great. How do you feel about this one, Nathie? Because I think we're both big fans of Moss. Do you think you're going to wait or do you think you're going to play it on P the original? PSVR. I mean, I mean, setting it up is going to be a drag, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, I, I think I will because uh, we both know that PSVR 2 is not going to come in the next few months. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, as you said, there's nothing to really do. So why not just play this game on, well, old hardware? I'll just take it and then maybe plan to also play some other PlayStation VR stuff again because if you set it up... For just one game i'll probably then also <laughs> revisit some other stuff to kind of you know uh update my knowledge on things for when psvr mm -hmm. but i wish i could just say i'll just wait and then just play it later but I'll, yeah i'll probably play it yeah yeah what about you max are you are you a fan of the original moss game you i am played it? but but it, it's funny like the uh Setting up that dang PSVR headset is such a pain in the ass. I'm, I probably will wait, honestly. But, but yeah. mostly just because I rarely get, get time to play stuff anyway. So I think when I do, it's like I want to, I want it to be quick. I want to be able to just sit down and get in and, and play it. And so probably this, you know, around the holidays when things are slow at work, I'll go, I'll go try everything. And you know, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe PSVR two will be out by then. That would be sweet. Fingers crossed. We're going to be talking about that um, a little bit later on in the show. But if you are interested in checking out Moss uh, Book 2, like I said, it's coming out on the 31st of March uh, on PSVR 1. So we're only a couple of weeks away now. Um, and I think like Nathie, I think, you know, I'm just going to drag my headset out, set it up with the PS5 and and just play it. Because like you say, what else are we going to play right now? And, you know, Moss is kind of one of those very special games. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out for sure. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think in the chat. I think a lot of people are thinking about waiting in the chat. That's the general sort of consensus, I think. Yeah. Um, but now let's sort of move on then from Moss uh, and let, let's talk to uh, our special guest, uh, Max. Uh, he's the founder of Normal VR and he's the creator behind the latest VR title, which kind of is being described by many as the Rocket League of VR. Uh, it's a game called Knock. It just released on Quest. It's exclusively on Quest at the moment, but maybe we can ask Max about other platforms in the future. Uh, if you've got any questions for Max, by the way, put them in the chat now and we can read out a few of them uh, a little bit later on. Um, so Max, I, I guess the best way to start it, and it's kind of like the way I always ask all the developers that join us on the show, is like, how, how did you get into VR? Like, what was your, your journey into VR? Were you sort of a developer for flat games previously, or, or how, did, how did that happen? Oh man, that's a good question. I actually didn't come from the games world. I, uh, so I had a previous company that got acquired by Google. And while I was there, I was working on design tools and someone, someone came to me and they're like, yo, there's this VR team at Google. They've got this crazy demo. It was like super secret, super under wraps. I'm like, you have to try this. And I was like, oh man, I really want to make, I'd love to make design tools for this. If this is like a future platform. And so I did some digging and I've, I've got an intro to the team 
and and it turned out it was it was it was like one of the original five uh, demo rooms, you know. But I tried that and was just like, this is unbelievable. I, I think I played the robot repair demo, and then they had Tilt Brush as well. And uh, and I remember playing and just being like, this is like nothing else I've ever I've ever tried. And I, that was kind of the moment I was like, okay, I'm definitely whatever I'm going to do from here on out is going to be VR related. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, and I didn't, I, at some point just kind of went, I don't even know if anyone knows what it's going to be. And so I, I left Google to start normal and, and the goal with normal was really just to just build stuff, see what, what's actually tight. I don't think anyone that this was like early 2016. I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone really knew what VR was going to be good at back then. And so, uh, so yeah, so normal is really just a small studio that I started to, to build fun stuff for VR and figure out, you know, what we think it'll be what people will be using it for, you know, in five and 10 years. Nice. That's awesome. So you said you worked on like, so your, your background was kind of building tools. What, what was that, um, that you were working on prior? Yeah. So before, before that, I actually, um, so I, I got my start building iPhone apps for jailbroken iPhones. Like the original iPhone didn't have an app store. And right. so like this, you know, this was like a hobby when I was in high school. And from there, when the app store came out, you had all these people who wanted to build apps, but there weren't really many app developers except those who were doing jailbreak stuff. And uh, so I started doing these music apps. I did an app with Bjork and Lady Gaga. And that studio I started basically started making tools to make, to design these apps. You know, we would sit down and, and look at how much time it took us to just iterate. And, and it's funny, one of our engineers came from the games world and was like, yeah, the games world tooling is so much better. And so our goal was really just to build design tools to make it easier to design and develop mobile apps um, to really kind of take a lot of the lessons from the games industry, actually. And uh, yeah, and that's that's what got acquired by by Google. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So then you were working at Google for a little while after the acquisition and then you decided to leave and set up your own company, which was normal. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Totally normal right. behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so. There's a couple of, uh, so there is a game that you can experience um, for free uh, that uses like the normal engine, right? And that's Half Plus Half. And we've we've talked about it on the show before because it's kind of one of those standout free experiences on Quest that's almost like a must try. You know, it's like a really cool multiplayer experience. You can jump in with your friends and you're kind of like these jelly bean type characters. And there's a few little fun games to play. And the one that we always recommend is like the hide and seek one. So basically, like you've got yeah. you've got a, a game where one of the, the 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 group will be a giant, and the rest will be like shrunk down into miniature little avatars. And the 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 funny thing about this thing is that their voice changes. So the the giant will have this like deep voice, or the the little characters will have these like high pitched squeaky voice. And basically, they just have to run away from the giant. And we just had so much fun playing that little uh, demo kind of like experience game in Half Plus Half. Um, so that was built on this engine using the tools that you're talking about, right? Um, so, so how does that work then? Do you kind of like license this engine out? Do developers approach you and do they buy a license or how, how does the sort of, how does that integrate with other sort of VR developers workflow? Sure. So, so it's all, it's all a plugin for unity. So if you're building a, if you're a developer and you're building a game in unity, you integrate our tech to essentially make it multiplayer. And so we'll handle voice chat, we'll handle synchronizing all the avatars and things like that. Um, and it, wor it works similarly to any any kind of like hosting software, you know, the you can download the developer kit for free, you can integrate it for free, and then you just pay us for how much you use it for bandwidth and stuff like that. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, the thinking there was well, really it started because uh, uh, some of the first prototypes I made in normal were multiplayer. I was actually talking to Patrick from the Tilbrush team. And, uh, and I was like, Patrick, you know, what, what are you excited about in VR? And he's like, co-presence, just being in a space with someone. I was like, that's all I want to try. And I made a demo. It was just like you had a little cube for your head and hands. And, uh, and we hopped in. It was just immediately, you know, you've all experienced this now, but just the, that feeling of being in the same space with someone was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and so, yeah, so the goal with, with Normcore was really just to make that easy for other developers. And, you know, if somebody makes a successful title, then then we get some money coming in. Originally, it was like, let's not put all of our eggs in one basket and make one title and, and potentially, you know, have the studio go, go under if it doesn't do well. But, uh, but yeah, now we do a little bit of both. So Normcore kind of funds us doing uh, these other titles of our own. That's really cool. Can you tell us about any games that use um, Normcore as their sort of foundation Ooh. for multiplayer? Or is that kind of like super secret? <laughs> it is it is secret, but I can talk about the ones that have have mentioned it themselves. So the, sure. the two off the top of my head are ProPut, or Golf Plus now, is uh, is oh. using Normcore. Um, Gym Class VR is using Normcore. I think... Uh, I'd, I'd have to, I should really build a list of who I can talk about, but... Um, but- um, one other, I mean, the, the, the one I also can talk about weirdly enough, although I don't know if they've released it yet, I can't talk about what they're doing, but, but funnily enough, unity uses Normcore for a lot of their projects internally. Cool. Really cool. That's yeah, awesome. I was going like, to make yeah. a comment there on golf plus because I've been playing the last three, four weeks with my dad every Wednesday we get together. We were just hitting Wolf Creek recently, but like the multiplayer aspect there is, uh, is great. Smooth, slick, doesn't have a hitch. So thank you. Well done. <laughs> So I, I guess like you take all the pain out of it because you're, you're hosting the servers yourself. Is that right? Yeah. So, so yeah, normal hosts, all the servers and, uh, and yeah, ideally, you know, you're a small indie dev, you don't want to run that stuff anyway. Um, yeah. and we also, we get, you know, we get deals with cloud providers cause we run, you know, we're running so many apps that we can, uh, we can essentially charge you what you would pay Google cloud anyway. Um, except you're also not having to do DevOps or manage it. It's uh, ideally, it's it's really meant to be something that's that's just more affordable and and a better product for for any indie. That sounds awesome. And like, forgive my my uh, you know like lack of understanding around this topic, but like, is there any competitor in the VR space, or what's the alternative? Like, you just have to build it from scratch as a dev. Yeah, I mean, the, there there are there are some alternatives. I think Photon's probably our biggest alternative. They they've kind of been in the space a lot longer than we have, but they're not as VR focused. I think right. when, out of the gate, we went okay, voice chat and low latency voice chat is very important for VR. Um, but Photon's the only one that I know of that's hosted for you. There's a lot of other um, there's open source uh, projects like Mirror. Uh, Unity has Unit and uh, and I think they have a new ML API, but those are things you have to host yourself, mm-hmm. um, and that can be really tough. I mean, I, like I think the the worst thing that can happen is you launch and you know every, everything goes down at launch because you can't handle the scale. And it's funny. I mean, that happened to us with Knock. We were we, but it wasn't actually a Normcore. It was a. I mean, we we were trying a new cloud provider and we took the cloud provider down, which is pretty wow. wild. So in the in the middle of launch, I had to switch us over to Google Cloud. So, you know, shout out to Google Cloud. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, ideally, you know, I, I don't take those risks with our other Normcore titles. All that stuff's tried and true. Um, you know, Knox running a special version of Normcore. It's going to be the next version. Um, but so we're running it on. Uh, it's got some new servers. Development. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think even that little blip we were out for i think an hour or two 
And even just, you know, you start getting those bad reviews and you're watching your average go down and the Oculus store doesn't ever get rid of them. You can push new versions and, and like some app stores, they'll only show you kind of the reviews for the latest two or three versions. Mm. But um, and so it can it can kind of be the kiss of death. If you get uh, if you get below a certain rating, Oculus will stop showing you on the store altogether unless people wow. search for you directly. And uh, and so, uh, yeah, so I, th- I think. The, the main reason a lot of indies use it too is just you can launch and know it's gonna it's gonna stay up like the amount of traffic we're already handling is is pretty high so yeah so was half plus half like the kind of like showcase of what normcore could do as because that was free right you that was released as a free app was that kind of like a showcase of what that that can do in the background or was it was it another idea or just you just wanted to throw something fun out there sort of so so half and half is actually the culmination of a lot of things we did internally to normal. So when normal first started, I was living in San Francisco. I wanted to move to New York. I didn't want to sign a lease on a, on an office. And so everyone just started working remotely. And what kind of happened naturally is uh, with the early versions of Normcore, someone would make a prototype, they would drop Normcore into it and then send the build on Slack and we'd all hop in together and talk about it. And it was so much easier to give feedback that way because rather than sending a build and saying, hey, let's hop on Hangouts, you know, after you try it, you could just hop into multiplayer VR and be like, okay, what do you think about the design of this? And like everyone would have a copy of the object. But um, but so that turned into an internal app called Normal Chat. And Normal Chat was, that's where Wanda, the avatar from Half and Half was created. Uh, Right. It was a space for us to, we did all of our meetings in there. We did our standups. We can, you could import any unity project into it. And, uh, and we also had like support for poly where you can import 3d models and stuff. Like even the, um, the, you'd mentioned earlier, the, the different size avatars in, in mm. uh, hide and seek and the voice changing and stuff. That's actually also from normal chat. Uh, at some point you could take any 3d model and you could teleport onto it and you'd be tiny and then you could fly it around sort of like a little <laughs> drone. <laughs> and then someone's like, oh, what if we what if we change the, the pitch of the voices too when we when you do this? And I remember one day being I was a little late to stand up and I, I show up and I just see like a I don't know if you all remember, there was like a pair of hot dogs model on Polly and um and basically three little avatars with tiny, tiny voices just fly by me on a pair of hot dogs. And uh, it was just it was just like a fun space for us to for us to check in and, and talk about what we're doing and um, and half and half was sort of, sort of, uh, uh, really just an idea to bring all that together and be like, what is a good, what's a, what's a space I want to spend time with people in? I think that it's maybe a little, it was a little too early. I think when it came out, most people didn't really know someone, they didn't, their close friends didn't have VR. And even still, you know, we're just getting to that point where a lot of my, my friends outside of tech have a quest, but I think that, um, especially like the, the swim world and stuff, like that's a space that I go to just catch up with friends. I'll have friends on the opposite coast and we'll hop in there and just, just kind of float around and talk. It's really like the way I describe it is sort of like the, uh, like going to the park or something, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's not a game you're trying to beat. It's just a catalyst for conversation. It's a place for you to just be able to have a conversation without any awkward silences or anything. You know, there's no schedule, there's no agenda. Um, but yeah, I mean, really it was just, it, it is just a, a demo of kind of the, some of the research we had done and some of the things we found that worked really well in VR. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so totally. it's kind of, so go on, go on, Nathan, go on. Yeah. What I find so interesting about half plus half is like this seamless, uh, transition of you hopping into it and then suddenly meeting people in a VR space that you never knew even existed in the first place, because 
we have played a lot of games and, and experiences in the past where you need like uh, you need a code or you need to do this or that and with half plus half it was like it was like instant there was not really a tutorial it was super mysterious and then suddenly you're in this hop with people running around and you're like okay here we go and you don't get annoyed by going back to your quest screen or having to do this or that and i just like that where you just start a game and then you're in it, and you don't have to worry about anything anymore. It's just have fun and, yeah, explore. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of one of those experiences. Like when my dad, because um, you say about other people outside the tech bubble buying quests, and, you know, both my dad and my brother bought quests, and they're not really tech or gamers. <laughs> um, but I was able to jump in and, and play half plus half with them. And like you say, we were swimming around, and it was one of the first VR experiences he got to try. And I, I think it was so awesome you know it'll always be a, a memory for me like swimming around in this great big ocean and just chatting to them both about stuff because you know covid was happening at the time we couldn't meet up in real life so it was a great alternative to catch up with each other so uh, yeah i think you did a great job in half plus half in in showing that you know this is what you can do in social vr but also this is a great showcase of what our company can deliver as and you know for you as an indie dev if you want to make something similar yourself so then how did that Why kind of transition actually just because uh, like a big, actually I haven't really told many people about this, but yeah, a big part of that wanting to be able to be in a room with someone remotely is I used to, I used to just talk to my parents on the phone every weekend. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, when I moved, when I moved across the country, it was like, it's, it was nice to catch up on the phone, but all I wanted really was a space where I could just spend time with them and just hang mm. out. Like those, those are the people where, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of people who are afraid of you know, VR is going to replace all the hanging out in person or it's going to, everyone's going to be stuck to a screen. But I think the way I look at it is it's great for the people you can't hang out with in person. And it just, it feels so much more intimate. It's, it's, it's going to enhance that. Uh, it's going to enhance that being together, right? Yeah. Exactly. It, that's exactly, exactly what it gives. It. That's exactly yeah. what it gives to me every week. You know, I don't get a chance to be with my dad and because of rules, like I can't be coming and going from the country. It'd be cost me two grand to pop, you know? So being able to do that and just hang out and play golf, like it's, bad um, yeah amazing so, so yeah if you want to check out half plus half go and check it out it's free um i think it's it's on quest and steam right is it on steam as well uh it's on it's on it's on the oculus store for like you can you can play it on desktop but it's not on right. steam right yeah. on the oculus store so it's free so definitely go and check that out so then how did this uh, sort of idea of knock come about and what was kind of the journey from half plus half to to knock it's a good question. Um, I mean, I mean, Knock is, is a love letter to Rocket League, right? It's a, there's no, it's no secret that it's, that it's heavily inspired by Rocket League. I mean, um, so coming out of half and half, uh, I mean, it was, it was interesting when we, f when, when I first pitched half and half to Oculus, this was, um, we had the, we had the, the quest dev kits back when they were called Santa Cruz and they didn't, uh, they weren't really positioning as much of a game console. Like they really, they were kind of thinking of it as just a general purpose computer. And so our pitch to them was, this is going to be a space where you can hang out with people. And it's, it's going to be an addition to maybe some of the more professional things you do on this, on this headset. And maybe about halfway through, I think their strategy had changed pretty significantly. There was like a reorder or something, but they just went all in on games. And it was like, games are where people are using this is where we're going to make money. Um, I think they still have these other goals, but I think just in the short term, they went, let's go for games. And so by the time Half and Half came out, it almost like didn't quite fit. So that's like we launched on a store with only other games. And uh, and I think that after that, we went, OK, uh, 
we've been we've been making VR stuff for a while. We've seen a lot of games that have come out. <clears throat> you know, my favorite uh, desktop games are these like competitive multiplayer games. The things that you know the games are sh- are short, but as soon as you finish, you just want to play another one. And uh, and so I was talking with our team a little bit about it and. Uh, and we went, okay, why don't we try and take, uh, I don't know if you all played Starball in, uh, in Half and Half, but um, it'd be interesting to start with, start with that and just see, like, is it possible to turn this into a standalone title? Um, I had also toyed with this idea of turning Hide and Seek into a standalone title, which is something I, I'm also still mm-hmm. kind of curious about. But right. so maybe not as, like, a competitive sport, but uh, it's funny because, like, you know, then I think shortly after that, Among Us blew up and we're like, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe this would have actually been a great, a great title. But um. But so we started just uh, looking at at making something kind of similar to Rocket League, and our our designer Dave basically took Starball and went, "What if you know? What if we tried a bow and arrow?" and put the bow and arrow into it, and we had a version that was just single player. There's no multiplayer in it yet, and that already felt pretty good. And uh, and we um, we really just sat down and said, "Okay, let's how how can we make a playable version of this as quickly as possible." And we, this is maybe, my, man, the timing on this is getting kind of fuzzy, but I think we spent maybe the first year just like, just like working on the multiplayer for it. This is when we realized we had to make a new version of Normcore for it just to get something that, uh, that can be that low latency and that fast paced. Uh, you kind of have to do a different, uh, a different technique. And once we got that working, so that, I think the first playable version was around actually almost exactly a year ago. And, uh, um, and it's funny because it, it, when I think about the title, I'm like, oh, it must have been as fun as it is now. But I, I know it wasn't. Like, I know we played it. I hopped in with a few friends of mine and, and they were like, okay, this is cool. This maybe has some legs. Like, the locomotion didn't feel quite right. You had infinite arrows and you couldn't jump. And so people, what we found is everyone just kind of stood in front of their goal and just fired off arrows, you know. No one really moved around. Um, but we started playtesting it with friends and, and people were like, you know, maybe you should limit the arrows and then people have to run around to, to pick them up. Uh, and then around summer of last year, we started doing an alpha test. And that was me going like, you know, with half and half, we didn't really show it to anyone until it launched. And even on launch day, we're like, oh my God, there's so many obvious things we need to get in here, like high fives. And I think even the, the home world where all the people were, we didn't have those uh, ghost avatars yet. And uh, we just went, oh, my God, you go to this space and it's just totally empty. <laughs> like when you're when you're building with your team and, you know, you're just inviting people to your party, you didn't really realize that was missing. Mm. But uh, but at launch, we're like, oh, my God, like the whole point of this home world is to be here with other people. Uh, and so we, we threw that in pretty quick. But um, but knock was interesting because I went if we're going to make a game that's fun, we have to play test this with people. So that so like we basically know it's a hit before we launch it. This isn't really a, a concept you can iterate on in public because people are going to get good at whatever you put out. And if you make any big changes, they're just going to be like, I'm, I'm done with this game. And so uh, I had actually uh, uh, posted a GIF to Reddit. And I and I think the, I forget what the caption was, but it was it was very low key. Didn't mention the name of the title. I think it was just like, hey, I'm working on a prototype. Anyone want to try this? And just everyone who replied, we just added to a discord and got people playing it. And then uh I think we had about 400 people in it, but about 10 of them were really playing it on a regular basis. And we just spent six months working on it with them. Just, just anytime they're like, ah, this doesn't feel good. or This doesn't feel good. We try and kind of tweak the mechanic a little bit. Mm. And um, 
yeah, that's that's kind of how it came to be. I think I've met nice. some of those players who must have uh, <laughs> started with you because oh, yeah, the skill gap already, like out the gate, <laughs> yeah. in the first week or two has been pretty. Really like, good. there's some really fundamental things, and this is where I want to pick your brain because I picked up stuff playing with other people. Uh, but I'm curious what your tips are because one of the things I didn't know was when you land your arrow on the ball, you get an extra shot, which means there's this like rotating cycle of you want to fire almost rapid fire, but you want to also be accurate because if you miss, you have to go and obviously pick up some beads and, and load up your bow again. But um, I, I found that out and I was like, that's just transformational. That's so different. So what are, what are your tips that you think that people new to the game don't, don't quite oh, know? I mean, you, you touch on a big one that I tell people is while you're working on your accuracy, just try and be close to the ball and hit it often. I think that um, the, the flip side of that is that if you're hitting it often, the other person's probably missing often and you're going to drain them of arrows, which is just a, a, a really, really good skill. Um, I think the other one is, uh, if, is you can be really effective at kickoff if you hit it twice in a row. It's almost, it's really hard to defend against because the first hit, you know, you, you hit it in their direction and they're kind of getting ready to save it and that second hit just slams it in before they, they have time to react. And, um, and really the only way to, 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 to counter that is to get your defensive hit in before they get that second shot in. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing is really just, just play for, for improving your accuracy. Like people in the alpha, myself included, can, can pretty much hit the ball from anywhere on the field. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds kind of wild, right? And, and even like, I think while working on the game, I didn't think that would ever be possible. I just almost was like, I don't know if the controllers are accurate enough, but it, it, you can get to that point. And, um, and then what's interesting is, uh, is your position on the field is more about hitting the ball quickly. Cause I can, I can hit it from my goal, but my arrow takes so long to get there that it, it, you know, you can probably hit it out of the way first. And this whole meta opens up where, especially when you're playing doubles or triples, like you, uh, you are thinking so much about where you are on the field and where your where your uh, teammate is, because even um, there's this this guy who's kind of a legend from our alpha named Crow, and uh, and he became a legend because he uh, we started play testing. He got in a little bit before we posted to Reddit, like two weeks maybe, but he got he got pretty good. And then we added a few hundred people from Reddit, and every time they went up against Crow, they just got destroyed. And it's, it's funny because he's like the nice, he's like the nicest guy ever, but uh, but everyone was like afraid of him. Everyone's like, oh my god, I do not want to get mad. And like, and we still had the we had the skill based system and the leaderboard and all that. So people in the alpha were really trying to climb the charts, and it was sort of like you know you knew that if you went up against Crow, you were going to lose. And even I think that where the where the real legend started is I was number one for a while, and then Crow beat me, and I could not beat him for like three weeks. Wow. And uh, and so he was he was number one for a while, and I to the point where I was like I was like fit, try, trying to get my work done quickly so I could go practice <laughs> and just get better <laughs> it so I could so I could beat him, but uh, um, I forgot why I was even talking so has, about Crow. So, so has anyone beaten him since, or are there players that have like surpassed yeah. that level even already? It's, oh, it's or interesting see maybe or. I, I don't know. So the last two months he's been pretty busy and hasn't had time to play very much. And so in that time, we added another person who I only know by the name of Jomo Cakes, <laughs> who's I think number one on the leaderboard right now. And and he got good really quick in the alpha. And then uh, it was funny when we launched because uh, so so actually I got COVID the day before our launch, oh, which was oh, brutal. No. It was it almost knocked me out. And I uh, 
And so we launch, you know, we have the server issues, get all that stuff sorted, we're on Google Cloud, and then, you know, it's like almost midnight, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna play one game, I just wanna make sure everything's good, we'll make sure, like, uh, uh, everything's working properly. And I hop on and I just, I get matched in a 1v1 with Jomo. And I was like, oh no, I don't have any energy right now, I'm gonna get destroyed. And, uh, and we hop on and I'm talking to him and he's like, he's like, yeah, I have not lost a game yet. I'm like, okay, we'll get ready because <laughs> wow. I need to, I think I was number one on the leaderboard at that point. And I was like, well, I'm going as hard as I can. I'm not losing my number one spot. And uh, yeah, he, he beat me, I think by like one point. I'm still, I'm still mad about it. But it was funny because then like two days later, uh, I hopped back on and, and I got matched with him and he's like, still haven't lost yet. And, uh, and I beat him, I, like, I think in overtime by one point, it was so, it was so close. And he was like, I was like, yo, I'm so sorry to, 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 to crush your winning streak, but I got to get my spot back. And he's like, yeah. if I had to lose to anyone, I'm glad it was you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, th I, th That's I think, awesome. I think it's so important that as a, as a developer yourself, that you enjoy the thing you're making and then also playing it yourself, because then. You know, it's so important because then you understand also what people want. So you don't necessarily always have to have people give you feedback because you also play it yourself on this like level mm. where you're like, oh, wait, this, this could also be great. You know, I think that's funny, very, very important. The funny thing about that is like our multiple people on our team are good at, are good at the game. And like, uh, like, and we even use like different, lo different locomotion systems and stuff. But uh, when we first added the ability to like jump and pull yourself in the air, I could use it to destroy people on the team. And it was funny watching everyone be like, I think we should limit that feature a little bit. And I was like, no, you guys are just, uh, you guys just don't want to lose. And, uh, and it's funny how like we uh, certainly like playing the game has helped us, uh, you know, inform like what features matter and really understand like what makes the game feel good. I think you can, you can do things to make it feel more balanced or to make the matches feel more balanced. But if they feel kind of cheap or like an artificial limitation, um, like at some point, I think we had a bow with a with just like a cooldown. So if you if you fire too much too many shots in a row, and it's sort of like you feel kind of helpless while you're waiting for it to for it to yeah, I guess warm back up. Versus when you're picking up arrows, it's sort of like oh snap, I need to go pick up an arrow. Like there's something you can do about it. Mm. And I think that uh, a lot of like small decisions like that were uh, uh, easier to make when we all play the game. But certainly there there's some contention around some features because because they would give other people on the team an advantage like uh mm. our designer dave is just unbelievably good at shooting from a distance he probably is a better distance shooter than i am um but yeah so he he hated that i would i would jump up and i could like dunk the ball down on him but uh and i was like no we need to keep that and he's like well you know I, I want I think we should we should nerf it but also I really want to have these curve arrows because his whole thing is like he basically wants to sit on his side of the field and curve the arrows around and uh, like we had we have a prototype where you can uh, there's there's actually two versions of curve arrows that we're messing with there's one where you steer them in air and the steering gets weaker as the arrows in air longer and then the other one is uh, is basically as you as you twist your wrist it kind of introduces a curve but it's oh, fixed cool. as it goes that's really cool and, and that one that one's pretty cool because you I really want it to be a mechanic that, uh, like, uh, e sort of like each 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 piece of the mechanic is something you learn after you've mastered the previous one. So first you're just trying to master shooting, then you're kind of doing locomotion, then there's those cubes, yeah. and so uh, now everybody just froze for me. Okay, cool, we're back. Um, but so then there's then there's the cubes, and the cubes are interesting because they're they're really hard, but once you kind of get good at them, they're they're extremely effective. 
um, for redirecting shots, for making saves. Like uh, there's there's a lot of crazy things people do with them. And I kind of see curve arrows as the thing you master after that. And um, the the thought is like if you if you turn your wrist a little bit and you have just a curved trajectory, you can hit the ball to the sides. And I think for like hitting it, hitting the ball around someone, I think it'll it'll add a lot of depth to the mechanics. So, uh, but yeah, but there's there's always a lot of I, w- I wouldn't call it drama. Everyone everyone's very respectful. We, you know, I, I like we all love working with each other, but there's definitely like tension because you can tell everyone's yeah, so yeah, invested yeah. in the game. Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> I, I do see, especially in the chat as well, that there's a lot of people that have really embraced this game. I, I saw that, for example, D one three sixty VR set a five star uh, score on Quest. Whoa, uh, man, congrats! you knock it out of the park, <laughs> which I thought was a great one. I was also wondering myself, if you lose your spot on the, on the leaderboard, is that the last day that the game is online? Are you taking it down then? And so that no one can... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've already lost it. I think I'm like number four or something. I am. Um, oh, no. I am. Um, and like, I, uh, I just, I've been, we've been so busy with the launch and then I was, and I was sick. Like, I've oh, not done your excuse. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. trust me, like this, this week, if I have any downtime at GDC, I'm going to be trying to claw my way back to the top for number one and uh yeah no i am i know it's coming like i think the reason i'm trying to keep it so long is because like i know there's going to be some kids who in a month will just be like i mean short of short of like quitting my job to play knock full time i'm i'm not <laughs> I, I do think it's great to finally have like a sports game on quest that is competitive but can also be played casual has a good matchmaking system because we uh, like a, a, a few months ago when like larsenauts came out this game they they made the game but they didn't think about the matchmaking system and that was resulting into people who never played the game would end up against people who were like playing it for like hours upon hours upon hours mm-hmm. well here it's like you like as far as i can experience it when i jump from 1v1 or 2v2 or 3 it's like you of course have different rankings but it it, it feels very balanced and that makes yeah. it fun you don't want to be you know playing and then it's like they just destroy you like i've, I've mm. played so many vr games where you're mm. like concerned about having not played <laughs> it for a few weeks and then when you jump back in yeah. like I, like with knock as well like i sometimes play on a monday but then it takes like three four days before i play it again but then i can just jump in and kind of catch up with it because the system does its thing and keeps, keeps I, th- it I think that's important as well like uh, like i think it's like a key ingredient of like a good game is that it's like it's easy to play but hard to master, right? That's like 100%. the, the kind of. Yeah. I mean, I I, I play yeah. a lot of Age of Empires, which is one of those games as well. It's like easy easy to play, but it's like hard to master, and that's like what what has brought that game, you know, so many players over so many years. So I think it's great that you have those like core concepts in there of like uh, you know making it easy for beginners, but have also value there for people to spend more time in there to yeah. become actually better and develop the skill set. So, so what I, I found the matchmaking will only get better too. Like, uh, like oh. early on, the probably launch day was brutal because the matchmaker just didn't know what anyone's skill was. So there were people coming in who are unranked who just have who have been playing for six months. But, um, but over time, it's it's really good at figuring out how good you are. I mean, for what it's worth, it's a it's a it's it's a modified version of true skill, which is like pretty standard for games like this, and it's like the same thing Rocket League uses. But it's um yeah it's that was a big thing for us was like early on like we kind of learned this through through crow as well like playing against someone who's way better than you just is not fun yeah. but as we have more players the closer the matches to being a 50 50 you know skill match the uh 
the more you know, just the more fun it is. Yeah, the more like the closer the games are, the more you want to just play yeah. another one. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I wanted just to mention real quick was um, the soundscape in the game. Like this is true for Half and Half as well, but the feeling of like a highly polished like soundscape, just that the sounds, every little menu interaction, um, even the fact that from almost like a user interface and a user experience, like from the beginning. How do you interact with the game? Well, you have to be smart enough to kind of cop on, oh, I've got to use the arrow to shoot the thing to get into the game. And I, I love that kind of um, slipstream of, I'm not going to have to throw a tutorial in your face necessarily. You know, you can you can get in, you can pick up and go. But the sounds, the sounds are just wonderful. I don't even know where, you know, for the sound of picking up an, an arrow nodule or whatever you call that, um, <laughs> all of those little noises are fantastic. So whoever's on your team doing sound, uh, really hats off to them because it makes it so experienced for an audio file. It's great. Yeah, that's yeah. all. So the the a lot of the sound asset design is Dave, same same guy who does a lot of the visual design too, which is I think why it, it blends so well together. Um, funnily enough, I think that that arrow pickup sound is is a splice sample from one of the Sophie uh, music packs. <laughs> um, it's um it's it's just like a. Like Dave and I love just perusing Splice and like listening for stuff that matches kind of the aesthetic that we want. And then our other engineer, Chris Lane, did all of the actual like audio programming. And I think the one thing that he does that adds a lot that people don't notice is the uh, spatial audio mix is super well done. It's all done in ambisonics. And so the uh, the presence you feel like like even just kind of knowing like if you close your eyes, you can position almost everyone on the field who's talking. Um, he's done a lot of work to tweak that, and it's it's designed to. And he did the same. He did, he did it for half and half as well. Um, it's really designed to be as close to the real world as you can get. Like even um, uh, like if I were to face away from you right now, my voice would be a little bit muffled from from my head occluding it. Um, his uh, audio engine in in VR does the same thing. It's, there's a lot of little cues that just make it easier for your brain to to listen. To and he did like the crowd sounds are all ambisonic, which added a ton of energy to the game. Like um, even um, the th my favorite thing actually is just he did the uh, the bow pullback sounds, and it's scaled based on like how fast you pull it back and how far you're pulling back. Like it, it the moment we got that in there, it was like night and day. The bow just feels like a real a real thing now. That's awesome. Day and night. Day and night. Different with other what? games that don't, that don't consider that stuff. I mean, it feels such high quality audio design. And that's what stood out to me about half and half as well. So I'm so glad that's in there and we'll be there, I'm sure, for your future projects. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so one last thing that I'm super intrigued by, and I haven't seen many games do this, is you show how many players are online and how many players are playing the game. Like you have some multiplayer titles who are pretty much dead and they just <laughs> act like they're, they're still getting played. So you're trying to find someone. And also with a lot of VR games, it has its ups and downs. But... I'm surprised that you just kind of give away this data to everyone who's interested in it. Like, what's the reason behind doing that? Yeah, so so originally, it, it all stems from Half and Half. So when we launched Half and Half, the very first version, you could go to a door and, and start matchmaking, but and it would tell you how many people it had found, but it wouldn't tell you how many people are waiting, it wouldn't tell you how many people are online. And the thing that was like really unsettling about it is if you waited for a minute, you couldn't tell if you were just the only one in the world playing this game or not. <laughs> and, um, and so a lot of it was like, okay, let's, let's first just show how many people are online. If there's no one online, like I'd rather you just know so you don't waste your time and then hate the game. And if there are people online, at least gives you some like confidence that if you wait a little bit, someone is gonna come along. 
And even on, in half an app for the doors, just showing uh, how many people are, are there, like it really helps. Cause you can be like, oh cool, there's three people waiting for a game of hide and seek. Like I'll just go be the fourth. Um, so that's that's where a lot of it stemmed from originally. And I think in uh, in Knock, it was a similar thing. I think there's there's still a little bit of, of, of iteration I wanna do on it, but part of it was also so you could just see, you know, how many people were waiting for the different modes and things like that. Um, but also, I mean, it's uh, it's funny because now there's so many players, it doesn't really matter. You can always get a match, and it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I think before launch, we just didn't know. You know, maybe there would maybe there would be like 50 people online, and and all of them would be in a game, so you'd have to wait a few minutes before getting a game. And we wanted to just encourage people to wait a little bit, just in case, because I think that um, if they wait, for, you know, 30 seconds can feel like an eternity if you just have no idea if you're going to get a match, and if you wait those 30 seconds and leave then there's just even less people to match in the game. So, um, so yeah, yeah. That, that's the main motivation for but it. But it has, like, there's zero loading screen. So even if you're waiting, you could just play a game. So you can always mm-hmm. play. Oh, yeah, so yeah. you can just practice while you're waiting. Yeah. When, and that was, a, that was also, like, a, a very last-minute addition because we're like, man, wait, having to wait with the headset on is brutal. Yeah. But, awesome. um, but if you can play, like, 30 seconds when you're shooting the ball around is nothing. And, and part of the other reason for that is the longer I can... I can wait in the matchmaker, the better the match I can get. And so a lot of it was just trying to be like, okay, how do we make people okay with waiting? Because like the difference between a, waiting 30 seconds or a minute can be pretty significant for, for match quality. That's awesome. Yeah. So what about the, uh, the the future of Knock then? Because, you know, like a lot of people have said, like, you know, the, it's like a, a, an eSport potentially. Are you going to sort of embrace that and sort of maybe like do like hosted tournaments and plan events uh, around Only the game. Only if you can participate and win every single one. <laughs> yeah, he wins himself. Virtual cameras. The medal, yeah. As, as like virtual cameras one. and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like we've seen in Onward and other competitive uh, games in the past. Like, is that, is that something on your roadmap or is it is it just Definitely. like, what what's the immediate sort of plans? Yeah, so the, I mean, step one is, is for us was just get the game out and see if the mechanic's good and if people really if it really feels good as a sport and i think that's definitely proven true and so now the roadmap is is pretty much all the above i think um we want to we want to finish all the cosmetics like all the things that'll add some <laughs> some some like value to the game um like yeah PC or, cam or something like that you know like oh, oh like my god I, like I'm, the thing i'm dying for is slow motion replays like oh, i think just yeah. like i've made Ooh. some goals where i'm like oh man watching this in slow motion be huge that one <laughs> technically is is pretty difficult so like it that one might might take us a while but uh in the shorter term i think yeah we're looking at cosmetics we want to do a pc vr version that's got tools for streamers and uh, um and anyone who wants to play competitively uh I've been talking to a few different different organizations about about like designating one as an official league because I think we definitely want to do official tournaments. Um, just about everyone who's actually, I'm kind of curious. Basically, basically everyone who's who's come to me has been like, "Yo, VRML, you guys should do should part with VRML." But is there are there any any like I guess like who do you all think is, is should be like an official league for for a title like this? You've also got Val. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've worked with yeah, them in Val's the past, the Virtual one. Athletics League. Uh, yeah, the VRML is kind of like one of the most popular ones. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you could also just host it yourself, you know, like as something. But I suppose if you want them to run commentary and, and the streams, um, then that's probably best to offload it to them. Um, Agreed. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the VMR, yeah, VRML commentary is, is really yeah. solid, um, mm-hmm. no matter yeah. the game. Like they're, 
for commentators. We've we've had some of them on Alex and, and others, for example, yeah. just to really they make a, a great broadcast, like you were watching a game of sports, you know, or hockey match or something. Yeah, that's so exactly that's, what that's, I want. That's why I would say for the logistics, they're they're good at that too. Amazing. Yeah, in the alpha, we held a tournament. Actually, we 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 got, uh, we asked everyone to sign up. We got to think about like. 10, 15, 16 people. And I, in a Google doc, pulled everyone's rank and, and handmade the matches. So they'd all be fair. Like it was, it was a two V two and I set up the team. So like they'd all be fair teams. And, um, and it was funny cause, uh, yeah, Crow, I think got out pretty early. Funnily, I mean, he was the best. So he got paired with like, I think the newest player in the alpha actually. But, um, <laughs> oh man, is... I hate it. And you're like good at the game and you get punished the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Max, and, you, um... need, you need to, you need to send Crow this episode cause you're going to blow his ego like right up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I, I talk about this in like in our alpha discord or I did in our alpha discord and, and he, he just does not have an ego about it. It's pretty wild. I am, um, or he's very humble anyway, but, um, but uh, in that tournament, yeah, so he got out early and it was funny because someone was like, yo, I'm going to just cast to the Discord like video stream. Mm. And so we all just sat in, like everyone just started, like if they got out or it wasn't their turn to play, everyone would just hop into that channel and listen to Crow and me just talking about the game. And, uh, and it, it would, I, think, I think that's exactly what I want in a league is just, I think it's going to be, yeah. if you've got a play, players who are good at the game commenting on like the moves and the strategy, it's... It works really well for for Knox kind of that, that would be mechanic. kind of like a a cool uh, sort of feature would be to allow players to choose whether to play or to to spectate, um, and they could be the crowd almost. You know, like oh, I wonder yeah. how many instances of people you could get into a crowd. To wasn't watch there it. wait? Wasn't there a game? that was called like like this this uh, jousting game where you had like two players fighting each other. And then you have you could sit in the audience and hold like a yeah. sign and just oh that was you and, <laughs> you and Rowdy played that I can't remember what that yeah. was called yeah. it, it was from the from uh, it was jousting VR uh, that jousting was right. VR yeah. but I actually yeah. don't know if that was was that a full release or was that only like uh, it was some kind of demo but uh, it was just yeah, fun to yeah. sit in a crowd and just watch other people like uh, yeah. destroy <laughs> each other yeah. Yeah. yeah but like about like pro players uh, commentating that's what they do a lot with onward right uh, you mm-hmm. have uh, raiderhead as one of the their fixed commentators who's also a great player uh viper has commentated there a lot who's also uh, yeah. uh on a team himself so uh they, i do they, i do think do a lot for those i do think players. esports like vr esports can really use uh, some some fresh wind because i mean like echo has been one of the main things mm. although that hasn't really seen many like mind-blowing updates then like onward onward you know you do here but this is just something else you know it's it's something different something we haven't seen before and i i think it's very enjoyable to watch you know mm. uh, compared I think to the art style yeah. lends itself really yeah. well to, to it's easy to, to understand what's happening too watching. you know everyone knows mm-hmm. soccer you know yeah. so i really wanted yeah. it to be a sport that even even if you don't play it you can enjoy watching it like i think um, and, and that, that's kind of also why we went with something that has a ball in it. I think that like any sport where you've got a ball and two goals, like everyone pretty much can figure out what's going on and, um, versus like a lot of like first person shooters, things like that. It can be sometimes hard to tell like who to watch or like where, like it, it, it's, it, unless you play the game, it can be really hard to spectate. But I think for knock, like, like, re- I mean, honestly, my, my all time goal is to turn it into a sport at the level of something like basketball where you've got players who are celebrities you know it's like i want to figure out who the michael jordan of knock is and just (laughs) you know make them famous give them some custom cosmetics like turn it into something where like when they when they pull some insane move you've never seen before it's just it's just amazing to watch 
I think that's that's kind of where where I really want to take. I mean, I think it'll take a long time, but um, but that's sort of like the north the north star. You've you've yeah. also got. I mean, having seen other uh, other titles come in and kind of position themselves early, but then have let's say the the bigger name come over and and kind of. Uh, knock them out, so to speak. I saw it in poker. I saw it in a few other things um, in VR over the last kind of eight years. Uh, but I think you've positioned yourself in a way that knock would be very difficult to compete with, even if Rocket League decided to convert to VR because of your locomotion, because of the things that you learned as you were going through your beta. Um, it's in a position now that I think is is quite steady. And I, I, I see that future for you. I really do think that you could <laughs> turn this into a sport. So, uh, you know, uh, Godspeed on that mission. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, I um, any any feedback you all have too, I, I'd love to hear it. I think that um, there's still a lot, a lot. Like it's it's going to take a lot of work for us to get to that point. I can give you one. I, I gotta <laughs> say, the, 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 I gotta say, the way you handle feedback and the, what you do with it and how you do it is is really impressive. I mean, I've, 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 <laughs> thank you. Like I, I've been giving feedback to so many developers, and sometimes like like a week before launch, yeah. it's already all nailed down. There's yeah. nothing they can do, and then it launches, and I'm like, well, <laughs> good luck with yeah, that. I hope you still sell a copy, but uh, you know. So yeah, no, it's I, I think that that's a part of the success for sure. And, and it's it's something that I, I tried to add really early on. Like, I, I felt that way with Half and Half. We got towards the end, and I was like, cool, the game finally feels somewhat done. And I played it with my friends, and they were like, hey, have you thought about doing this? And I just was not in a mindset to hear it. I was like, cool, I've been working on this for two years. Like, I just want you to tell me that, like, you love my baby. I don't, I'm not really looking for anything else. Whereas with, with Knock, it was like, I forced us to play test it as early as possible. Because it's sort of like the longer you work on it before you show it to people... The less you want to change things and and yeah. and it, it yeah it's funny because it's it's sort of made it a lot easier i think also the, those first few play tests when people you can kind of tell people just don't think it's fun it's uh it's hard it was really hard i honestly probably the hardest part of the development process but as it gets better then you sort to you sort of like reward yourself for integrate like integrating that feedback and it it makes it a lot easier you know it's uh yeah. like you say it, it was it was so good to see like stuff change like even even up to like you know the, the week before launch uh, from from some of the player feedback that i saw i think like nathie said it was all for the best and you know i think you know you've got a really solid game here and like the the roadmap plans for the future are super solid and you know i think it, it is viable as a, as a future vi esport and I, you know i wish you all the best of luck with that um, we've got a few uh, questions in the chat as well that have been kind of like dipping in and out throughout our conversation. So some of them are sort of a bit random, just like VR in general stuff. Um, so I'll sort of like say now that if you're interested in checking Knockout, it's available on Quest uh, exclusively right now, but it's what, like $9.99 US dollars and Quest 2, uh, sorry. Um, but you've got future plans for what PC VR and potentially PSVR 2 in the future as well, maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Okay, fingers crossed. Um, so question-wise, uh, like I said, it's a bit sort of outside of the scope of Knock, but uh, we've got one here from Ken Bossack who says, thoughts on VR and NFTs like land or property? Like, what, do you, what are your Ooh, thoughts on that? That's a great question. I mean, um, conceptually, I think it's something that, that could work. I think that the um, I, at the moment, I'm not really big on, on a lot of the NFT space, but... Um, I mean, I have friends who who have done amazing things in it. Um, like Beeple is is a friend of mine, but like, I uh, I like the the concept that you could earn a cosmetic or something in game, and you could trade it for a cosmetic in another game on the blockchain. Like, I think that's 
I kind of describe it to people like if I could trade you, you know, like a, an Amazon gift card for an Apple one, like they might both be worth $100, but maybe it's easier for you to get one or the other. Like I think like I'm uh, I'm really good at knock. I can probably unlock some really crazy items, but if I'm going to go play or, you know, if I'm going to go into rec room, I could be like, yo, Nathy, like, let me give you this sweet knock. I like I'll trade you this sweet sweet knock cosmetic for uh, for one of your cosmetics in uh, in rec room. And I think that that's pretty cool. I think it, it would allow the value of in-game items to extend beyond the games there. And even if you can't really bring the item between games, I think just um, I think that's really interesting to me. But I think it's still very early. I think right now, yeah. when I look at the NFT space, it's a lot of people who are it's a lot of get rich quick type stuff, which is which is is I think once I start to see people who are buying them for real value, you know, like someone's buying it because like and that's why I really like the in-game item thing is like I will actually I, I, there's a funny story about this. Um, uh, so, yeah, big Rocket League fan uh, when I was playing in the like a few years ago they added this goal explosion called party time goal explosion. And it's just like, it's just like balloons and confetti and a bunch of kids going, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's funny. Cause like all the other goal explosions are so intense and over the top. And it was just, nothing is like funnier than like, you know, so you, you can tell the other team's really tilted yeah. and, and you're just starting to crush them. And every time you score, it's just like, yeah. And it's like really low key, but, um, but it's the only cosmetic I wanted. And it was back when they had loot crates and I'd probably spent like a hundred dollars on keys. Like I had, I'd unlocked, you know, over like over a hundred crates and I just could not get it for whatever reason. And it was, it was killing me. It was like, it was literally the only item I wanted. And I, uh, and at some point I'm in a game and, and someone has it and I'm like, yo, I will trade you anything <laughs> that I've unlocked for this goal. Explosion. And it wasn't even like particularly rare. Like you'd see it a lot. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like the, the cosmetic that everyone wanted. And, um, and so we hop into a party, um, and he's like, Hey, yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you for 8k. And I was like, I was like, Oh God, I'm not going to spend $8,000 on this. Like this is, uh, I was sitting there going like rocket league or something. Well, so, well, so I was sitting there going like, no, I'm, I cannot do this. Like I showed him everything in my library. He's like, I don't want any of that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, no, but that was the, like, there was a moment actually where I realized like, oh, this is a kid and 8k is eight keys, which is $8. And, and I was like, I will in a heartbeat, I'll happily do it. And so like, I, I load up 20 bucks into, into Rocky League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, let you yeah. trade it for a week. So we like wait a week and we come back and he's like, he's like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, this is, this is like literally the only thing I want. He's like. It's like ah, I just feel really bad. Eight eight keys is a lot. Like like eight dollars is a lot of money. And I was like, in the back of my head, I'm like, you don't realize how much money I've already spent trying to get this <laughs> item. Like I'm, I was like, do not worry about it. I will have you know, it's it's totally fine. I will like spend the keys on whatever you would like. And um, but all that to say, like the the in game like those in game items had a lot of value to me. And I think that like right now when you buy NFTs. It, I haven't seen one where I'm like, I would buy this because I really want the thing that it represents. But I think yeah. for in-game items, like they, they do have a lot of value to people. And I think in VR is like they, they have so, so much more physicality. Like yeah. I think buying, like getting a bow as an NFT in VR will feel so much more like, you know, like owning an object. But um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of keep, kind of keeping my eye on it. I don't know if it's something we'll do anytime soon, but um but I'm kind of waiting for NFTs to have that sort of that similar yeah. value. 
Because yeah. I think right now, like the general gaming community consensus is that, that everyone's vehemently against NFTs and gaming. Yeah. But like you say, I think I think it's just because there's so many get rich quick schemes and, and cons out there. So and, much trash. Yeah. And, and like you say, oh, no one's yeah. buying NFTs to keep them. They seem to just be buying them to flip them and make money. Like And like you say, when it flips on that, and people are actually buying it because they want to own something, then things might change. Or whether they've got like some decent utility behind them that's worth keeping, uh, the, the, the mindset will change. But like you say, right now, it's still very, very early days. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of big companies who see who see dollar signs and they're like, cool, of we're going to add NFTs and of we'll course. be able to make a ton of money. I think, I think if we ever integrated something like that, it would be purely so people can trade the items. Like, I don't think we would use it as an additional revenue mechanism. It would just be so the items are easily tradable outside the game. Yeah, because we've seen examples of um, developers integrating NFTs for like the money, you know, the extra income. Like we saw that with Neos and and now the whole thing yeah. is almost on the verge of collapse because of this alone. Um, and I, I think, you know, adding, like you say, NFTs for the fact that they're free, but you can just, you know, prove digital ownership and maybe you can trade them with other people. They don't really have any value as such. That's kind of got value in itself other than the monetary side. You know, totally I agree on that. Unique, um, the, yeah, the, interesting. The, the unique characteristic really, um, really sparks up for me, you know, because like anyone who's, dug through like a Diablo chest and gotten a rare item or something. And then you feel that yeah. ownership and you're right, Max, and, and, and the physicality behind it in VR. Like it, I, I, when I play Peerhead Arcade and I win, you know, a prize that I've just worked half an hour to kind of get out of a machine and then you own it and it stays on the shelf and when you log back in, it's still there, you know, that's kind of the same deal, you know, but I like the, the, the point you're making about interoperability between different platforms, because to me, the biggest weakness, unfortunately, digital is so broad and we know, you know, the internet is actually only one flavor of the internet. There's, you know, dark net sitting in this corner and there's networks off on that corner. Um, if, if we're going to have a successful platform for these things, it does have to operate across at least popular bands, some popular networks. So I hope I hope that's a, a future that, that turns out as, you know, we hope it does. <laughs> um, so another question we'll um, from the group is, uh, from the chat, is uh, PS, uh, PC VR support. You said that that's probably on the cards. Um, if you add additional platforms, will they support cross-platform? Is that That's something that Normcore can do? Yeah, so we, we have some early prototypes that can do it. Um, we just need to do some more thorough testing. There's no there's no business reason we would want to turn that off. I know sometimes Sony can can require you to be PlayStation only. I don't I can't really speak to that. But um but uh, yeah, definitely I think I think our goal here is like, you know, VR is still pretty early. And so the more players that can play with each other, you know, the better the match is, yeah. the be- the closer the skill rating is going to be. I think that um, unless unless maybe the only thing that could block it is we we realize that like players with a certain headset have some insane advantage. But right. at the moment, I mean, we we've we've played between uh, desktop and and Quest Two, and it, it it feels great. Like it it doesn't uh, doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. So yeah, so hopefully hopefully when it comes to to PC and other platforms, it'll it'll all have interrupt. Awesome. Awesome. Um, the other thing I would just wanted to ask you, like just as kind of a broad VR question is like, what are you most kind of excited about in the VR space um, at the moment? You know, is it new oh, hardware? Is it, is it new tech? And you don't have to be specific about what, what, what platform, but is there a feature like eye tracking or, you know, another feature that you're, you're particularly excited about? Wow. That's such a good question. I feel like usually I've always got a good answer for something like that, but uh yeah, I don't know. I um, I've been so heads down and so focused on knock that uh, 
I haven't really thought too much about what's coming next. I think for us, we were thinking so much about the game being accessible to as many people as possible. And, and I really, mm. I really wanted to, to support quest one, but, but some of the, some of the future plans kind of, kind of made it not possible. Right. But, um, I, I am really curious about the, the, the head haptics that Sony announced. I haven't, I've not tried it, so I don't, I don't really know what it's like, but, but you know, you can, you can head about the ball and knock right now. And, uh, and I think that could be kind of just like a cool detail. The, the other one I'm really curious about is they announced that the, the controllers have those force feedback triggers. And I think that, pulling back will be really interesting because um the the farther you pull back the more power you get in knock and right. i think having some kind of physical indication of that will actually allow you to be more precise with the amount of power you use on your shots because nice. the the more powerful the shot the straighter it goes versus kind of kind of arcing and and succumbing to to gravity but so i think you could um you could develop like a sixth sense for for how powerful the shots are with something like that and then i think I'm realizing that I'm just I'm picking all the PlayStation features, but it's it's we're, it's not because we're <laughs> we're sponsored by them or anything. But but I'm I also just I'm I'm really excited as a developer about ray tracing. I think that um it just has the I, I don't know if you all saw the video like Nvidia put out a video forever ago where they had added ray tracing to Minecraft. Yep. Yeah, and they didn't did. change textures, they didn't change anything else, and it just it was literally night and day. Like even there was there's one shot where they're going uh, they're underground. You can see the the red from the lava that's like not even on screen just like warming up the colors of the walls and stuff like i think that um i think that's something that's going to make vr titles feel a lot more realistic they're going to give you a lot more like uh visual cues about the environments and how things are yeah. moving so those are the things i'm i'm really excited for now but but part of it's also just because i don't really know I don't really know anything else that's coming from from meta i don't really know what's what's come like you know they, they showed some cool stuff for cambria but but I, I only know what what you know what they've announced. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the 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 Sony announcements look like it's looks it looks yeah. like it's going to be a good headset. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. Headset haptics. Headbutting the ball and knock. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. It was great chatting to you uh, about knock. I think I I always find it fascinating. You know, like uh, finding out like developers' stories how they started and how they got on because I think we all just take it for granted you know like oh yeah why aren't there all these games when are these games releasing why aren't there more of them we're always complaining as sort of gamers but um, I, I don't think we'll ever feel satisfied you know regardless of how many VR games we get but it's always interesting to see uh, it from a different perspective so thank you so much for joining us today of course um, yeah thanks for having me and now we're actually going to dive into a little bit of PSVR 2 stuff. So, uh, you know, feel free to give us your opinion on this stuff um, as, as we sort of talk about it. Because, you know, on the last show, we, we discussed a rumor that was kind of floating around um, about the new PSVR 2 headset, which is for the PS5. And that, that rumor was that the headset was going to kind of launch um, a little bit later than we all expected. Q1 2023 was the kind of uh, rumor that we heard. And this came from Brian Paul over at a YouTube channel, PSVR uh, Without Parole, who kind of said that his information came from a credible source. And we kind of discussed it on the show and we all kind of, I think, <laughs> I don't know if it was just because we all want it to happen this year or we just don't <laughs> believe that the rumor is true. Um, and we kind of suggested that maybe this is something out of Sony's control, like, sort of component shortage or something beyond their original plans to release it this year that, you know, it's had to slip back. But we all kind of still hoped that it was going to be uh, this year uh, or, you know, maybe sort of in the holiday time to sort of hit that Christmas hype. 
Um, and although we don't know any further information at this point, one sort of interesting thing did come out uh, the last week, and that was from tech website called Tweaktown. And they'd been doing some like internet sleuthing uh, on United States import records, um, sort of monitoring what kind of Sony have been shipping from Japan to the US. And uh, apparently they were able to sort of deduce that since October 2021, Sony has been regularly sending out shipments of dev kits uh, from Japan to the States. And although it doesn't say exactly what's in the box, it just kind of says development prototype, you know, hardware. Um, everyone's kind of come to the conclusion that it's likely going to be PSVR 2 headsets as when Sony unveiled the images of the headsets just a few weeks ago, they did say actually that headsets are in the hands of developers and they're working on creating games uh, for the headset already. So it kind of put two and two together and kind of makes sense. And and based on that information from the import data, it kind of suggests that there's over 2,000 dev kits that have been shipped since October last year up until this point. And that kind of like gives us a lot of hope in that a lot of devs are sort of got these in their hands, you know, whether they be making brand new titles for PSVR 2 or whether they're adapting older titles to be compatible, forward compatible with the new hardware. Uh, I think that's kind of reassuring from, from our sort of point of view that, you know, things are being worked on, things are happening behind the scenes, whether it, you know, we may not have like the, the release date, the release date set in stone or, or more information on like launch titles. But I just think it's reassuring knowing that there's a lot of these headsets out there in the wild and devs are kind of working on them. Yeah, yeah, I can't comment too much, but I can tell you, yeah, I mean, it's just from just from what Sony's put out publicly, like it's it's definitely something they're investing in. And I think I forget if it was a tweet or something from an executive over there, but I think something that surprised them was how many people continue to use their original PSVR headsets on PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that was a big signal to them that that the even even though the user base is smaller than obviously all of PlayStation, they're very hardcore fans. And, you know, I'm sure Sony is also aware of how difficult it is to set up that headset. Like if people are willing to do that, um, I think it's a good sign. But I, I know that they're... They're heavily investing in it. I, I don't really know any details, but I'm 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 glad that I, I think the future will be will be very bright on PlayStation for sure. Yeah, and I think I think the fact that you know last week we had a state of play and they said like, okay, everyone who was waiting for VR stuff, it's not coming. Usually we would always watch this, right? And there would be nothing. And yeah. now suddenly they say it. Uh, how obvious can it get, right? It, it, they it know people be. are so hyped yeah. for this stuff right now, and they know there is something happening, so they kind of let it. Yeah. I thought that's super funny. People are getting yeah. like they, they must be getting like badgered, you know, like every state of play. Like where oh, yeah. where is the PSVR two? Where's the reveal? So they they even gave like you say that disclaimer before the the state yeah, of play. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so great though to see the disclaimer. Yeah, before, totally. Because what I, I wish they I wish we could normalize this as a standard for game announcements. Like, <laughs> because, like the VR community is a growing, budding community who's ravenous for more, as Mike was saying. I just wish we could, like, before any game, like, there's no VR news in this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just save a lot of us a lot of time. You're, you're totally right, because we're so used as VR enthusiasts to be getting kicked around and disappointed. So, you know, it would be nice just to be told up front. Don't, you know, don't expect anything. But yeah, fingers crossed we get some news uh, soon uh, because we do have some other PSVR news, actually. And um, this is actually from one of Zim's favorite developers. Uh, This is from Cyan uh, because they actually confirmed on Twitter this week that their upcoming VR puzzler Firmament uh, will be coming to PSVR 2. They confirmed it officially. Um, So that's awesome news. 
But on the flip side, some oh, people God. might be disappointed because, uh, as some of you might know, this game was actually a Kickstarter campaign for a moment. Um, and a lot of people that backed it way back in the day were original PSVR owners, and they were kind of promised that the game was coming to the original PSVR. However, they've kind of changed their tack on that, and they're only going to be releasing the game with PSVR 2 support. So you'll be able to play the game flat on PS4, mm. um, You'll you'll be, and then... If you want to play it in VR, you have to have PS5 or, or P- and PSVR 2, unfortunately. This game has been indie film for a long time as well. Right? Yeah. Really you played the demo this. too, right, Nathie? Um, I, I haven't played the demo. Me. I did. Yeah, I, I got to play a, a build of it, but I, it was heavy. Like, knowing what I know of all the PSVR titles I've played, I don't think it would run on that on that headset at all. I really don't. On the original uh, PSVR? On the original yeah, PSVR. I, mean, yeah. I don't think... On, on yeah. the PS4, I think, I think they, they really need to have the new hardware to to run that well because it's going to be a gorgeous looking game the previous ones were um up, go play abduction if you're interested or the more recently uh re-released mist version that they released on on quest those are other yep. cyan games and just be aware that if you're into puzzles these aren't these aren't kid puzzles this these are daddy's puzzles level. you know yeah. you're gonna have to get out a calculator or a piece of paper or a ruler <laughs> Or a book that a teaches you Hebrew, you know, these are hard puzzles. They're, they're very hard. Even, <laughs> even me, as like, a, as like someone who loves puzzle games, like Mist is just like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's Firmament, um, confirmed by Cyan as coming to PSVR 2. And like Nathie said, you know, I, I would imagine we don't have to wait too much longer for a state of play from Sony just to say, like, this is this is our plans. You know, I would imagine in the next couple of months at least uh, to give us are the we, heads up. So are we still expecting pre-orders this month? I, I would love it to happen. I would love it to happen at, like during or around GDC. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, we're all desperately waiting and, and, and <laughs> desperately. hoping. Desperately waiting. waiting. Yeah. He says that while he's clocking 30, 50 <laughs> he's hours in Elden Ring, like desperate. He's like crying <laughs> from the inside <laughs> when he says well, that. Well, the thing is, like, if 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 I was playing some like really really substantial stuff in VR, I wouldn't I wouldn't be playing Elden Ring. That that's my point. And I definitely want to play GT Seven in VR, even though it's had a rough week with uh, server outages and. I don't know if you heard this, but they also kind of like nerfed the in-game currency a little bit. So oh. to earn the in-game currency in GT7, they kind of like nerfed it a bit. So you have to grind a little bit more. And obviously they've got microtransactions in the game where you can buy in-game currency to buy cars. So it, it kind of felt like from the community side that they had, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to limit the in-game currency earnings from races but but you can buy our microtransaction yeah, pack where yeah, you can yeah, get all yeah, these yeah, like in-game credits yeah. it's like yeah f you but um but yeah fingers crossed i still want to play that game in vr it's a it's a gorgeous game that's gt7 um but anyway so that's that's the only bits of psvr2 news uh, we've got for you but hopefully um you know in some future shows we'll be able to share some more so Final thing I want to share this week. This is kind of interesting. Something that I didn't really expect to ever be talking about. Um, but I'm pretty excited about Roblox in VR. <laughs> what, now, Mike and Roblox? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, so, so, Nathy Rec Room, Mike Roblox, and well, Robbie Prison uh, Prison Boss, and then Zim is more Skyrim. The... Skyrim. Yeah. Okay. Don't get Don't get too excited. Hold your horses because this, this this is this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, and. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even know that you could play Roblox in VR. I didn't even know that was a thing up until no, like you this really, week. You really didn't know. I honestly didn't know. You can play know. Roblox in VR. I okay. honestly didn't know. The only thing I knew about Roblox is that my nieces absolutely love it and they play it on their iPads. 
Okay, yeah. and yeah. It, fair enough. I've never actually played it. Have any, have, actually, that's a good point. Have any of you guys actually played Roblox? Yes. No. Have you yes. played it in yeah. VR is the next question. No. <laughs> Once. For not long. It, 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It's quite is it, blocky. Isn't Roblox in VR? It's like third person VR, right? I have no idea. It's not yeah, first person. I, if I'm remembering, there was a toggle to switch between views, but I remember playing it in third person. Okay. I think I remember being in Roblox once in VR, and I went to this burger restaurant, and all these kids were like working in this burger restaurant. Some of them were customers, and they were just role playing the whole thing. <laughs> I, I, I want to start off here because, like, my kids this year got heavily into Roblox. So, just as a translation layer before Mike goes into his, his yeah, field, please. right? Roblox is like a collection of games in a similar way to the way Rec Room is a collection of games. You don't go in to just play paintball or just play basketball. Like there are 70 different types of games. And the thing is they allow like an in-game, again, it's like an in-game currency that's augmented by a paid version of that. So you can go in and so for example, my, my, my daughter loves a game called Feather Family where you go in as a bird and you're nesting with other birds and you're like, it's all like really nice and cute and stuff. But if you want the Phoenix, like maybe you have to buy Robux or whatever and pay for it or Robux, yeah. earn it yeah. by doing some actions in the game to get some in-game currency. So that that kind of whole, the entrepreneurs in us, right, you can look at this and go like, that's a really cool business model. And it's also fun from a game perspective because it's like having a game designer uh, that then based on popularity of your game, your game can float to the surface. Uh, but yeah. it, it, it does look very kiddish, uh, it, but, uh, but on the core game design, level there's a lot of really cool indie projects in there so um yeah. mike tell us what what happened yeah, well, to roblox this week <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing like that that was the, always the image that i got in my mind when i i thought of roblox like these kind of blocky characters and that was as good as it was ever going to get but I, so i was browsing through reddit some of the vr reddits just like kind of looking for stuff to talk about and, and to, to to sort of like explore because like you, as we've said on the show it's a kind of a bit of a dry spell at the moment and um, and yeah, I just happened to find this clip, which was posted by this guy, who's making a, a VR game in Roblox, and he's using the Roblox VR engine. And hopefully, uh, Rowdy's going to show some some clips of this. Um, and, and basically, it's like a first-person shooter that he's uh, developing. Uh, a guy called Pop Tart Noah. Uh, he's got a kind of got history of like. Um, uh, making weapons and stuff in Blender and, and and sort of doing a sort of 3D model design. And and basically, yeah, he's developing this first-person shooter using the Roblox VR game engine. And uh, it's called Ares VR. And he's kind of describing it as a single-player VR shooter with a Matrix-style storyline. Hmm. So this is going to be actually, like, full... like the 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 view of it reminds me of another Roblox game that is being made, but it's it's a first-person shooter, a flat-screen one. Right, uh, where they also are saying like, I can't believe this is actually Roblox. It's the exact same story, just without yeah. the VR element. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. it's, it's ab absolutely mind blowing. Like if you saw this, you would never in a million years think it was made using Roblox. You would think it was like using you know Unreal or Unity or whatever. So, um, so you're saying that the simplistic art style of Roblox confuses people into thinking that the engine is not capable image, of doing more than that. The image that the yeah. that people have of it, the Lego figures. According to him, you know, because he's been posting these clips a lot and they've been getting a lot of attention on the VR subreddits and a lot of people like me are going to like, like, how the hell is this VR, like Roblox in VR? Um, but he's saying that, you know, the engine is like 
super underestimated. It's kind of like under the radar at the moment. Not many people are, are really know what the engine is capable of. Mm. And he's kind of really leveraging that. And it, like, you know, if you look at some of these clips, you know, these these are sort of really detailed modeled guns and really sort of like ni nice lighting that he's shown in some of these clips as well. Uh, but he's also kind of got this like uh, really interesting UI with the weapon. So if you hold it in your hand, you can kind of run over it and uh, change your kind of like uh, attachments on the fly. And it changes the way the weapon feels and handles in real time. So you don't have to go through a menu or anything like that. Mm. Really nice, clean, simple UI. Um, but yeah, he's been working on this for a year already so far. Um, and uh, like I say, it's going to be a full-scale game that will be sold through the Roblox, you know. And, and when I had a little look today uh, on the official Roblox store, there's actually tons of VR projects on there already. And like you say, just like Rec Room, these are all like community-driven and made projects um, that you can actually sell uh, on Roblox, uh, which I didn't even I know actually, was a thing. I actually found a clip of, of the of the flat game that I was talking about as well that is on on Roblox. I'll just show it as some as some background, but that's just also yeah. in in Roblox. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> the, the fact that Mike is talking about Roblox here is just it's well, the most thing, thing I, I've I heard never, in, in, in I, ages. I, I, I never I never thought I would be interested in Roblox VR, but having seen <laughs> what he's able to achieve with this. I'm yeah, actually yeah, really no, interested I, I, to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, it, the, the it Roblox engine's really powerful, and I th yeah. and I think it kind of gets not necessarily a bad rap, but it's like since since most of the people building with it are kids, like the the quality level doesn't look the same as what you get from professional studios. But uh, but it definitely seems possible. And honestly, I think yeah. the thing the thing that's underrated is that everything's multiplayer by default. Mm -hmm. Like I think you know, as someone who who works on multiplayer plugins, like adding that to a game is really hard to do. But if you just don't have to worry about it, and it's a, it's a first party feature in the engine, it's it. I think it's I think it's going to be huge. I think Roblox is going to be absolutely massive. Yeah. How much time yeah, until we have knocking I... Roblox? Is my question. <laughs> it's coming. Sorry, what? Uh, I said, how much time before we're going to see someone recreate knocking Roblox? Because that's oh, what they'll I do. Mean, <laughs> oh man, I I would I would love that. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. They, they so many people are doing that already. Like they're basically creating knockoffs of other VR games in Roblox VR. So we've already got like a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff in there already, yeah, yeah. amongst many others. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I think now just seeing what this engine is capable of, it just kind of like opens up my eyes to think maybe this will be something legit in the future. It's just kind of like we've just we've just kind of taken it for granted. You know what I mean? That this is something that we might be interested in but but the, maybe the only it could problem be. the only problem that i foresee is that uh i mean i just looked it up as well as like roblox currently has a rating of uh, everyone 10 and above mm. but with some of these games that are being recreated like first person shooters and games that are maybe a little bit more graphical i'm wondering if that rating is going to change yeah um, could well be something well, you could know well be. Also, like you know about Fortnite concerts, right? They've also done them in Roblox, so right. Yeah, but I, I, I get it. Everyone thinks about that 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 oof guy, that that yellow Lego man <laughs> yeah. that runs yeah. around, yeah. and that's yeah. Roblox in a yeah. nutshell, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and so like if you're an audio listener, you know, please like check out Ares VR on Roblox. Just see these little clips, and you'll understand why we're kind of like talking about it because it is is not you'd never think this was made in roblox when you see these these this, these little clips this is what i don't understand like why hasn't lego capitalized on vr i know they they put out a statement at some stage where they're like oh oops we should have done the minecraft thing years ago but i i feel like they could really build a world start building a world now like an ecosystem yeah. similar to what mm -hmm. rec room has 
but all within the trademarked Lego estate, right? With That's all of their drive. assets. Because look at all the they, games that they, they put out, like the DC like Universe yeah, and stuff Lego, like that. Lego, Lego Worlds, I think, was the game they made. Like this big sandbox kind of... Yeah. And it was good, but I think yeah. people just... Minecraft kind of had already, you know, blocked off that niche. They were really leveraging on the AR stuff, like when we saw them with their Lego kits with the AR functionality. So I want to get one of those. Any of you guys that, have picked up one of them? Because I, I haven't yet. Well, I remember when I visited San Francisco, like me and Eric Hartley were, were walking around and we went into the Apple store and we saw one of these AR kits and we were like, can you just show us like how this works? And they had like an iPhone set up and... It was like, I think it was like a little ghost house. Ghost and then house. when you used the iPhone over it, uh, like yeah. like Lego mm. ghosts were like flying around. Um, it was really cool. It was really cool. Obviously, you knew that eventually like the really compelling use case will be when you actually have AR glasses, right? And then you you build the kit and stuff starts happening as you build it. Like that's that's the true vision. But right now, sort of using the phone as a window is is is, is the only thing we have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super interesting about Roblox. Like I, I just, it was completely off my my radar. But now, uh, definitely taking a bit more interest in it and seeing uh, what could happen potentially in with the future of of Roblox and VR. If if we get games like this, that'd be pretty sweet. Huh? Yeah, like you said, like Mike's. it's kind of like the biggest the biggest comparison is is Rec Room, right? Because like oh. when you know when we've talked about Rec Room and like Nathy creating stuff in Rec Room. And also, apparently, like whenever I see Sean tweet about Roblox being down, Rec Room sees a huge spike. Yeah. So there's a lot of crossover between the audience. It's a very young audience, of course, uh, between Rec Room and Roblox. But yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting and worth sharing anyway, worth talking about. So there you go. You nice. didn't know you was going to get excited about Roblox, that's for sure, when you started the show. Um, so now it's time to uh, hand over the reins to Zim uh, for this week's top picks of games releasing over the next couple of weeks. And we've actually got a few uh, really cool games coming out. Ah, yes. You should be excited about. I'm actually going to give, um, i got two sections as I normally do, so releases and then um, the, the release highlights and then, uh, and then some mentions because there's a whole bunch of things that have kind of trickled in over the last fortnight. Doing, doing this show fortnightly means there are things that, you know, we, we just miss, and then I got I to tell you about as well. So some of that too. Sure. All right, let's start off. Um, anyone remember an old LucasArts game called Day of the Tentacle? Anybody? Oh, I love that game. I love that game. Time travel. Never heard of it. Infuriating time crossing puzzles. <laughs> Rowdy's like, I've never heard of it. I wasn't born when it was released. Yep, probably. <laughs> probably not. But anyway, uh, this, this first one is Tentacular, uh, coming out on Quest and Steam, uh, March 24th. 24th is the is the release and you are a huge tentacled monster uh, this game is very different though uh, than what it might appear on what, the face what is of the it trading on this sim wait 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 what is it before I finish <laughs> no, this going down that hole again <laughs> not those kind of tentacles so yeah you can smash stuff and all that but actually this game although it looks like you know you're Godzilla essentially with tentacles and you're smashing up towns what this game really is is you're a huge clumsy tentacle monster and it's actually like a silly heartfelt creative game something like if you remember the release of the vive fantastic contraption the game where you engineered uh contraptions i still want that for quest and, and other you know for like a room scale experience i'd love to see that but this is kind of a weird physics game so you end up getting powers as this tentacled creature and you learn about your powers and how you can kind of put things together you get certain tools. You discover an alien artifact while you're uh, experiencing the game. And you get to meet the citizens of this world. And so 
you're meant to feel like this kind of awkward, outside the, the norm uh, individual, but okay with that while you're interacting with these people and, uh, you know, dealing with the kind of puzzle elements of the game, going through this upgrade system. So th there's been a whole bunch of uh, kaiju-style VR games where you literally just smash stuff up without much story, without much direction. And this game looks to shake Different. that up. So it's yeah. very unique. I do recommend if that, what I've just said, sounds good to you, check it out. Um, I certainly will be, I'll definitely be doing a stream on this because this looks amazing to me. Uh, and I hope that the, the, the story spine is enough to kind of give it that little bit of edge. But um, it, it really did harken me back to Fantastic Contraption and that that weird cat creature that you pulled pins out of um, in that game. So, this, uh, this one is being published by Devolver, right? Yeah. Devolver, mm -hmm. yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's nice to see them like go back to the VR stuff again. Yeah, I love their stuff. They have a, they have really great taste. <laughs> I find for weird things, you mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely uh, my my flavor. <laughs> so that was the first one. Um, next up, uh, now <laughs> next up, this is Transformers Beyond Reality. Uh, apparently launching on on the thirty first of March on PSVR. We have quite a few PSVR titles actually. Things are kind of warming up in that space. Um, I don't have many details about this. This was teased about three, four months ago, um, and it has been delayed. It was originally delayed uh, past the end of last year. But from the looks of it, it's a Rails-based shooter in the PSVR universe. I don't really often get my Super Mecha Printatron on, so if any of you are, you know, uh, Transformer fans, uh, you're going to know more about this universe than I do. Uh, I haven't even watched any of the films, so uh, I suppose shame on me. I'm not, I'm not the ultra nerd I should be, but... Um, as I said, from the looks of the video, uh, it looks like one of these, um, I don't want to say a cash-in title, but it looks like it's going to be relatively limited. Uh, a little bit similar feel from the video to kind of Gollum, which we waited a heck of a long time for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it gave me a very similar kind of physical vibe to that. Um, again, if you're big into Transformers, um, similar like what we've seen with other things, um, like with Warhammer that we had recently, these, these titles, like they bring the IP, and you can kind of hope that the VR game gives you what you want. Generally, they tend to disappoint. So I'm mentioning it mostly because big name title coming in a little bit late. Uh, it is coming to PSVR. So I know, you know, PSVR people are, are as Mike has said, right? We're all chopping at the bit for something new. I, I, I would recommend you go check out Moss instead of this. But if you're a Transformer fan, then there you go. That's coming. Yeah, I, I'm a big, I'm, I, like, I love Transformers, you know, um, but when I... When I heard they they were making a VR game, it got me super excited. And then I saw the gameplay, and then my excitement dropped significantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'm, I'm, and, and and the fact that there hasn't been much on the marketing side either, like a little nervous. Yeah. Let's see, it's let's see what the final trailer because must 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 be a cheap IP to grab right now. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. They should um, do Beast Transformers. That's what I was into. Oh wow, yeah, the Beast was, ones. The Beast ones. Yeah. Yeah. You never watched that bootleg, boot, bootleg yeah. uh, Transformers. It's, it's too new for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all, all you kids messing with stuff. Like just give yeah. me Optimus Prime. You, you, got, you guys remember about my yeah, about you have Optimus Prime you know? in that as well, where he was a gorilla instead of a oh, truck. Get oh, get lost. He's not a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> he will always be a truck Beast in my Wars. eyes. That's how it was called. Yeah. All right. Beast so Wars. for anybody who joined us late and missed the intro, I'm going to recover just very briefly. Um, Moss Book 2 is, is launching, so you can see a little bit of uh, a little bit of that. Uh, just some really key highlights. If you played the first Moss, you ran around as Quill uh, or supporting Quill uh, from your role uh, as Overseer. Uh, new, lush, industrial environments, a continuation from the first story. So yes, we get to continue that. It's not 
standalone in that way. There are new enemies I mentioned earlier, like the bomber that sets up like a siege tank from StarCraft. You get to work together with Quill, and there's certainly an onus on that this time around, whereas the first time you were mostly, you know, moving blocks and things, now you're actually going to be working in combat uh, collaboratively with Quill, uh, defeating Screechers, those old, like, crab enemies that we saw in the first one, and a plethora of, of new creatures, and also watching out for uh, glowing weapons on statues, because you'll be able to grab some of those. Some new special weapons uh, are there for you in the game, too. So that's Moss. That's landing on March 31st. I feel like that one crept up on us a little bit, uh, so mm. it's a surprise and, and probably a welcome one to anyone who, you know, has just recently dusted off their PlayStation. Uh, there's another one for you to play uh, coming into spring. So with that, uh, a couple of things not to miss from the last fortnight. So first off, um, someone in my chat uh, when I was streaming about a week ago mentioned this to me, and I haven't yet a chance to check it out. But um, if you're into, into free climbing at all, there is an Oculus TV movie being released in two parts called The Soloist. Uh, it features uh, world-renowned climber Alex Honnold uh, mm. on a, a free climbing experience where literally he goes with, you know, no ropes, nothing holding him in. He climbs insane stuff. Uh, there have been many people in the world who've died trying to do things like this. He's 25 years experienced in climbing. Uh, and you, he had you think a, that that would like, you know... You know, make, make him at least think twice about this stuff, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, I doing this stuff, so I'm gonna do it again. It's, <laughs> his, it's his USP, right? So I mean, that's that's his unique selling point. He gets to go and climb these things. Um, it's just mad. I, I think it's I think it's mental. I have friends who are soloists, and I think it's uh, it's it's a, it's a crazy profession. But one of the things that he was hoping for with this collaboration was that he would be able to bring even his other climber buddies kind of in with him, so that they can experience mm. what it's like hanging off the edge of a oh. cliff. So we brought a camera guy, fucking camera guy, Bill, or whoever wait, it was, wait, wait. along with Free him. Free climbing camera guy as well? I don't think so. I think the camera guy was probably changed. That's impressive. Changed uh, like, that but would be impressive, yeah. If it, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go try hand. it out, but it's free. Like one yeah. hand. <laughs> one hand, yeah. So free climbing, free, two parts, Oculus TV. So go check that out. Uh, that launched on the 3rd of March. Uh, next up, and we mentioned uh, this not too long ago. I know we've had David Hayter on the show from you know Metal Gear Solid's past, uh, and who had done some work with a CodeSync title. Uh, but Republic uh, VR, the anniversary edition, is coming to PSVR or came on the 10th of March, and I don't want people to miss it. It's really actually quite long and enjoyable game. I've 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 probably put about five hours in, got past the first chapter in the game, and there were still four more chapters to do. So not a short game by any means. But it's like a it's a thrilling narrative stealth adventure game again very much akin to something like Metal Gear Solid, um, and it has and you're basically exploring the perils of government surveillance in this internet age, and you're hoping to keep the main character who you're helping out through hacking through kind of these these cameras and helping her in a third person perspective uh, named Hope. So you're helping to keep Hope alive, as as uh, cliched as that sounds. Uh, th there's a really neat uh, aspect to this, which is that the voice acting in the game. A whole bunch of renowned people. So you got Rena Strober from Fire Emblem, Jennifer Hale from Mass Effect, David Hayter I mentioned from Metal Gear Solid, and Dwight Schultz from Marvel's Spider-Man. So uh, as you're going through the game, it really does feel like a AAA experience. Came out a few years ago, um, but if you haven't uh, played that yet and you have a PSVR, there's another one to keep you busy while you're getting ready for your next PlayStation endeavor. Okay, uh, next up, uh, this one. Um, I know Mike's got a, a shirt on that says After the Fall. Uh, so don't get confused. This is Until You Fall, uh, which is a Shell Games game. They just came out with a new patch, two-handed weapons update, both on Steam VR and Quest. 
Now this one is not PSVR, and as far as I can understand from the update, it, I don't think it's coming to PSVR for maybe probably technical reasons. Um, so for anyone who's who's been grumbling over the last couple of updates, if you want something, March 17th until you fall came out with two-handed weapon update with some pretty bad out of swords and like warhammers and stuff in there. So um, that game heavy into music again, it's roguelike, right? You're you're having to go and go and go again. So if you want something to put yourself into uh, with a bit of music and that does get you physical, much like knock, right? Um, does get you physical. You can get sweaty for sure in this. Uh, make sure you don't have a, a nice television nearby because you, you don't want to knock into that. <laughs> uh, three more quick ones before we wrap this up. Shadow Point uh, landed on March or is landing on, on March 22nd for PSVR. So that one, uh, I always Perfect that. opportunity for you to go oh. back and finally finish it. Right I'm now. going to, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to for sure. I think I need, I don't know where my save is. It might be on my PC that's still in the UK. So I'm waiting <laughs> to get I that back. Go there, yeah. But I will, Ribbit. I will, I guarantee you. And I will beat that eventually. <laughs> I keep laughing with the devs every now and often. I'm like, don't ping me. I, you keep reminding me that I haven't beaten Shadow Point yet. Um, and then Stride is out on PSVR March 23rd. And uh, Mike tuned me into this one for fans of Phasmophobia. There are uh, improvements that have been hinted at and coming, and I'll mention a few things. So they're, they're actually doing kind of a refurbishment uh, for VR of this. I remember years ago when the Subnautica devs, we called them out for a second, they said they were going to do a refurb on VR support, and then they never feckin' did it, did they? <laughs> they dropped that like hot tamale sauce. Um, not very good, uh, but improved hand posi positioning, better item placements on your hips, new hover icons and poses, uh, a grab UI selection, more interaction uh, poses for your hands, and a seated mode and simulated crouch mode if you're a feckin' lazy fecker. All right, so <laughs> now they have that if you don't actually want to crawl around and get scared by ghosts. But Phasmophobia uh, was a cult hit last year, and it, it really has still got a, a good following um, for VR, for streamers, and stuff like that. It's a good, 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 scary game. Uh, so go check it out if you haven't yet. That's it for releases this week. And I'll just recap on the first three that I mentioned in case you missed them. Ten Tentacular, the Spectacular is the first one. Transformers Beyond Reality, which is probably beyond any of our interest in reality. And then Lost Book 2, which we can tell Mike is terribly excited about. And I, could, I feel like he's got a virtual crow already on his shoulder, just poking him, telling him, play, okay. play it, play it now. I hope you get a, phys a physical quill this time because I missed out the first time on getting. You a mean like when they quill. were showing him at like a cons, they'd like hide miniature quill yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, and they were like this, the most adorable little figures ever. So I'm I'm hoping they'll get a little. I think I think they made a new one for this game as they well. Did, yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah, so they shared it on their Twitter, and I was like, I need this in my life. I will protect her at all costs. Um, <laughs> the other game is Com Cosmonius High coming as well. It is. I didn't. I didn't put it in the lineup. I. I that's that's I fine. This, but I think it was a little mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it dropped. Actually, the, the, this is a mention for uh, Project Jamesify. Uh, Cosmo Cosmonius High is coming to the channel. <laughs> You're going to be playing this game for oh, the next wow. six years, so uh, enjoy, my friend. Um, yeah, no, awesome, awesome summary of the releases, and thank you, dude. Yeah. Isn't um, it funny that everything kind of releases again in the same like? Why does no one spread things out, please? And now we have <laughs> yeah. to wait for a few weeks, and there's nothing. We yeah. can we can direct this question to uh, to our veteran here, Max. A question. Yeah. From the developer perspective, when you're looking to set a release date, like what guidance are you are you getting strong armed to a particular date? Is it mostly up to you? I'm just curious. We don't often have devs on the on the show. It's been a yeah. little while, so. So with with Oculus and the Quest Store, they set the date. So we usually say we usually say, hey, you know, here's roughly when we want it ready. 
Um, obviously, everyone's going, hey, can we come out right before the holidays? <laughs> and, uh, and everyone's like, no. But um, but usually we'll say, hey, yeah, we'd love to do, you know, January or February or something. And they'll they they work closely with the store team. So I know that that the reason they choose specific dates is they're collaborating, collaborating with the store team on like making sure they can feature everything. And I think they want to give every title as much time to like live on the store and be like the new shiny thing. Um, and so, uh, but I don't actually have much insight into how the store team determines that stuff, but, uh, at least for quest, it's, it's very, very heavily driven by Oculus. It seems so weird yeah. because like from our perspective, it feels like they just throw it at the wall and then yeah. just like make, like, make uh, up a random oh, number. So, okay. <laughs> Let me think. Okay. So we got the Zenith coming and the Wonder. Hey, you know what? Let's just release them release on the same, on the same day. day. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I think they've done a lot of analytics around that. And I think like they were telling us that I think like Thursdays are the best days for releases. And I think that, um, I'm I pretty think sure they have a bad data analytics team. Like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like if they release a game, and the analytics say that we need to release it on the same day, like all three <laughs> games on the same day. And it might be, it might be true. Yeah. You know, human behavior is really weird. Like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm browsing the store. I'll buy that game, and you're still in kind of wallet spending mode. So I'll buy the next game if I didn't like uh, the first uh, one. So maybe. it might be true. I mean. <laughs> Meta, I, I, have think always, uh, I think there is some of that. Like, like they all launch, you buy the one that you're into, and then there's nothing for a few weeks. So you go, well, I, you know, maybe I'll check this one out. And then, and you, and I think maybe it's, I, I'm, that's me just speculating. I don't, I don't know yeah. if there's any truth to that, but, um, but they, uh, in like, like we have a, a producer, a producer we work with at Oculus, and uh, and they kind of like they bring, they filter some of that information down to us. But, um, but yeah, they they did say you know things like Thursdays are are the best day and. Uh, right. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how they know that or what they're measuring. Right. But um, sure. but they, I think they have a lot so, of data. So so not could have just been released uh, together with GTA San Andreas. No problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> definitely yeah, on a Thursday. <laughs> I mean, on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely. Um, I think they they definitely are thinking about that too. Like I think when they're putting all the titles together, they're looking like okay. You know, are are these all going to appeal to different demographics? You know, we'll right, put them yeah. all out on the same day. I think I think they are very careful about it, but um, but we're we're as a developer, you know, we're not in the room when they're. Yeah, sure, cool, yeah, interesting insight. Um, so let's uh, sort of wrap up the show. Uh, if you've got any burning questions, now's the time. Uh, before we say goodbye. So I just want to say thanks again to all of you that have tuned in live. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thanks to all the super chats throughout the show as well. We do notice them uh, if we've not mentioned and called them out individually. We do really appreciate the ongoing support. Also, shout out to our audio listeners. Uh, I actually listened to the podcast back on the train to London the other day. And uh, it was really interesting oh. to listen to it back because I don't do it very often now that oh, I'm not traveling much. I did much. too. From um, the last one where you were like talking about Labyrinth, I just it was so funny when you asked about like when you asked about like if a worm can wear how does a worm wear a scarf it just had me cracking up on the train <laughs> people thought I was a crazy man so yeah the audio version is great so if you're out and about doing stuff you can listen to the audio version it's available on iTunes and Spotify uh, it's also available on SoundCloud also thanks again to Max for joining us uh, on the show talking about Knock uh, and Normal Core it's always fascinating to get a look behind the scenes of how these games actually uh, get to our headsets so thanks again for joining us uh, just a little reminder of the show times uh, the show is live streamed every other Saturday now and that's on YouTube and Twitch. Although, is the Twitch working now? No. I'm never sure. I, I, I think it is. I mean, oh, we think we think it is great. Hello, Twitch. Uh, yeah. How are you? 
thanks thanks to the one person that watches us on Twitch. We really love you too. Um, the, the show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. Oh, in the UK, yeah. and 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can also check out the audio version, like I said. Hit the like button if you enjoyed the stream and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss all our future shows. Uh, I'm not going to be around on the next show, which is episode 199, but I will be back for episode, episode 200, and maybe we can try and figure out something cool to do in the meantime to Ooh, celebrate that milestone yeah. because 200 episodes is a friggin' lot of episodes. A personal uh, meet and greet with Mike. Maybe. In Roblox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll brainstorm Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, no questions in the chat. Everyone's just saying thank you. So, yeah, we love you all, and uh, we're going to say goodbye. So take care of yourselves. Have a good couple of weeks, and uh, these lads will see you then. I won't, but I'll see you in a month. Bye.